What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to talk about on today's show. We have a three-episode recap for the end of the show, so I'm really excited about that. We'll be talking about all the superhero shows that are on right now, Doom Patrol, Stargirl, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they will have recaps of recent episodes of those shows, so make sure you stay to the end for that. Top of the show, we'll be talking about um, really the massive news that it, it's kind of left Hollywood, I think, in a weird spot. Like we talked about on this podcast before, Tenet, the movie by Warner Brothers, produced and directed by Christopher Nolan, was really the tentpole for other movies in terms of the, the scheduling and the release dates, and Tenet was supposed to open up, open up to summer, really. And that movie has now been pushed back again, and now it's indefinite in regards to when we will actually see that movie in terms of a release date. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We talked about Tenet plenty on this show. Also, uh, some some weird stuff happening with New Mutants. There was some talk about maybe a release date being on Disney Plus, and now there's people saying that what we saw wasn't actually real. So we'll break that all down later on in the show. We also got. Um, some release date news for other Disney Plus projects, at least projects that we know to be coming out on Disney Plus, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we'll talk about that as well. Joining me is my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Shamari, unfortunately, cannot be here for this podcast, but uh, he's, of course, always with us in spirit, and we'll hope to hear from him next week. But, Kendall, um, you join me on this podcast, and one of the things that will be happening this week, the first time ever, we'll have San Diego Comic-Con at home. And we talked a little bit about it last week, we don't have the, the massive, uh, obviously we don't have the massive gathering we're used to seeing at San, at San Diego Comic-Con physically. But we also, well, as we said last week, won't be having the Hall H presentations that we're used to having from Marvel and DC or Marvel and Warner Brothers. What, what, do, you, what do you make of what we're going to take part in this week? And, and are there things you're still looking forward to, to seeing despite the fact that we won't have those presentations? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating um, to see how this is done and see if this is something that uh, that can be done um, because there's gonna be a ton of different panels that are gonna be happening uh, this weekend, um, really throughout the week, starting on Wednesday, but then particularly on Thursday uh, throughout the weekend, and um, obviously there's gonna be a new mutants panel, which is the the biggest comic book movie panel that we will be getting, I think, this weekend, um, which we'll talk about more later in the show. But, um, but no, I mean, there's going to be good comic book, uh, just comic book in general uh, panels. Um, if you're a fan of comic books, uh, there's going to be a lot of different cartoon panels. If you're a fan of cartoons, Ninja Turtles, Cartoon Network, things of that nature. Um and there's going to be a Disney Plus, uh, a Disney Plus Marvel six one six panel as well. First look at the, first look at that, and a couple other shows that are going to be on Amazon or Peacock. Those types of streaming service series, we'll kind of get a first look at some of those as well. So I mean, it's kind of going to be the normal Comic Con experience in terms of panels, just without the heavy hitters. Just without the big names. So I mean, I, it'll still be exciting. I'll still be tuned in, and it's free. So I don't see why not. Yeah, I mean the free aspect is is good. You know, I don't like that. I, 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 you know, when we talked about this months ago about how it would be, you know, I think one of the things we talked about was, you know, you hope that you know access to this was going to be free, and 
you know, whatever gets dropped that may be big or may be important, you would hope that everyone can get to see it. It's not going to be something like uh, what we've seen in the past with Star Wars Celebration or even with Comic-Con where, you know, you don't get to see certain things. So, um, so, so it's good that everything you have is free. Uh, you mentioned, um, obviously, the New Mutants panel becomes very interesting considering what happened today. And we'll talk about that again just a little bit later. Um, but I'm also curious about this uh, one, this this Josh Whedon conversation. We don't yeah. still know what he's really going to be talking about, but yeah. his name was pretty dragged through the mud. I mean, whether you know, you could argue whether that was uh, warranted or not, but that's what happened um, recently by you know Ray Fisher in a very public way. And and how will he respond to that? Will he be answering questions about that? I know it's supposed to be kind of an open dialogue situation. I don't know what that really means since it's virtual. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see what he's got to say. I'm curious what we're going to see from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, which, you know, again, this is the end last season. And yeah. it's kind of titled, the title I saw was kind of weird. It's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the stories and science of mutants, androids, space travel, and aliens. You know, it's a really weird title considering mutants have never played any factor in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, uh, you know, and I'm reading this just this uh, little description. It says Agents of Shield is Marvel's longest running live action series, and it comes to an end, uh, an upcoming seventh season, which is happening now. Uh, this panel looks to be a compelling retrospective, looking back at the show's world building with its writers, cast members, and uh, a real team, a real a team of real life scientists. And that's one thing. If you watch Agents of Shield, uh, you know they do definitely. This is a, such a nerdy show, and like kind of diving into the science of a lot of different things and theories with a lot of different um, aspects of science and we're doing a lot obviously now with time travel so that that part of it it could be interesting but I'm curious where the mutants thing lies in there and I know a lot of people also will be interested to, to hear what you're going to see from uh, Hellstrom which is uh, uh, which is obviously a Marvel show the only Marvel show of that Hulu batch that was not canceled. You know, there was a bunch that was supposed to come out, one of them being Ghost Rider that got axed. Hellstrom's moving forward, though, as we assume, not in the MCU. So what, um, what is that show going to be like and what could we expect from there? And I know I don't watch this show, but I need to get on The Boys. But The Boys is having a, a panel on, well, I believe that's on Thursday. So uh, so there's, some, there's, some, there's definitely some stuff. There's some stuff to, to check out, but obviously it's unfortunate, Kendall, that we don't have that those big panels, those big uh, reveals. And we talked about it a little bit before. You know, I don't know how you feel. I'm wondering how much of it is the pandemic and just like some of these companies not feeling they really have much to show. But how much of it is these companies kind of wanting to do it on their own terms? Like, again, what DC's doing with FanDome next month. It's like, why would you put all your eggs into this basket when you have your own event that to market well be just as followed and paid attention to as Comic Con at from home, you know? Right. And some other some other panels that will be at Comic Con that I uh didn't mention are uh The Boys season two, uh very popular show that yeah, uh, yes, I just mentioned we that. haven't really reviewed on this podcast, uh with Shamari holds in high high uh regard as well as many others. Um uh, Hulu's Hellstrom, uh, the show that you know Marvel's producing for Hulu, uh, that we really don't know a whole lot about, but we'll get kind of our debut look at that 
which should be fun. Um, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Um, some Star Wars panels that we talked about uh, on Imperial Broadcast in the last episode. Check that out. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it should be it should be interesting. Um, a lot of different things um, all day. Pretty much every hour of the day is going to be something for somebody if you're into these kinds of things. So um, I suggest uh, giving it a watch. Um, but especially if you're somebody that maybe hasn't even been to a Comic-Con and wants to know what's the kind of stuff that you see at the Comic-Con, what's the kind of stuff, what's the experience like? This will be, obviously, you're not going to get the experience of being there and all the different attractions that they have on the show floor and you know, around the city involved with the event, but um, in terms of the actual, the meat of the of the of the event, the meat of the convention, which is the panels, this will this will be your closest simulation of that. So it should be a fun experience for a lot of different people. And what I will say is, you know, one of the things that I I think I've enjoyed about Comic Con because I've always said that, you know, people ask me, I've never been to San Diego, but when people ask me, you know, what's your favorite thing about New York Comic Con? You know, one, I say, well, the atmosphere is just really electric, you know. Can it be annoying because there's so many people? Yes. But I think just the idea of, like, being around so many people that has so so much similar interests. Yeah. When, like, I feel like for a lot of people, those interests, um, maybe 15 years ago, you you were looked at as a loser to, like, a lot of these things that are now become in the mainstream and popular. So I think to see, like, that amount of people out in force for the same kind of things is exciting. But also, um, I always say my favorite thing is the panels. And I know that that's very boring for some people. Some people are like, what the hell, panels? But I guess maybe since I started doing this podcast, especially, and, you know, when us as a group, a lot of what we're doing, well, I don't say we're artists per se. I will say that we're creators for sure. And just kind of seeing these creators go through the, uh, I'm using the word one more time, creative process for how they do, whether they're a TV show, whether they're a comic book, whether they're a cartoon whether they're, they're novels, uh, whatever they're they're creating, when you hear them kind of talk through the creative process, I don't know how anyone can't get inspired by it. Like it's 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 truly inspiring and it's really awesome to see and it makes me want to just go back to the lab and think of more ways to make you know new generation better. So I think that if you're a creator as well, I think that you'll learn a lot. A lot of people will tell stories about how they started and how they got to where they are, and a lot of it almost all of them come from very you know humble beginnings so it's uh so it's, yeah it's, it's, it should be a good good time you know if you get some chance i would say you know check it out it's unfortunate again we don't have the the big superhero tv and, and uh superhero movie panels that we're accustomed to seeing but whatever comes out that's uh newsworthy we'll be sure to definitely talk about it next week for sure but let's uh let's talk the show talking about what was uh really massive news as i said at the top of the show in hollywood uh tenant the war the warner brothers Christopher Nolan joint, not coming out. It was supposed to debut August 11th. That has now been uh, postponed, and the movie's been taken off Warner Brothers' release schedule, and it is now uh, undecided, undetermined, when we will actually see this movie. It has been uh, postponed indefinitely. Warner Brothers uh, released a statement saying, our goals throughout the process has been to ensure that the highest odds of success for our films will also uh, being, while also being ready to support our theater partners with new content as soon as they can safely reopen. We will share a new 2020 release scheduled imminently for Tenement. Uh, Christopher Nolan's wholly original blind, mind-blowing feature 
we are not treating tenant like a traditional uh, global date day-to-date release and our upcoming marketing and contribution plans will reflect that so there's supposed to be a larger plan we're supposed to be hearing about tenants soon uh, we have not heard that plan yet that statement was released uh, yesterday so the reason why I bring this up obviously tenants not a superhero movie but as I said at the top of the show there were a lot of really articles out there by some really big name Hollywood reporters no pun intended of course being that the Hollywood reporter is an outlet but a lot of these people you know the industry writers were talking about how Tenet really was going to decide the whole shake up the shape of the summer movies uh, calendar Tenet was the uh, was going was be was the most ambitious uh, project in regards to trying to release its film um and it was the beginning of the movie season, and a lot of people anticipated it potentially being the movie of the summer. So whatever Tenet did was going to decide for a lot of people what everyone else was going to do. And this is the first time we've seen finally Warner Brothers say, all right, this just ain't happening, and we're not even going to give you a date from when it's going to happen. We just don't know at this point. So that puts, obviously, everyone at risk. We know we have movies, superhero movies slated for the fall, you got uh, uh, Wonder Woman, obviously. You got Black Widow. You know, do those movies get pushed back even further now that Tenet has just, you know, taken itself off the schedule completely? How this movie's postponement uh, created, how it will create ripple effects across Hollywood is really unsure, and we're still kind of watching the situation unfold. Kendall, I said this. Um, I said this on Twitter today or yesterday, whenever I said it. And I'm going to say it on this show. Uh, you were 100% right. I am now 100% on board with you. I think any movie that was slated to come out this summer, all of these film companies should be making active plans to debut their films on streaming services. The jig is up. Movie theaters ain't happening. And it's very sad for me to say that. I don't say that with any pride because I think that movie theaters are borderline endangered industry at this point i think it's that grave i think that we're gonna have a whole summer where nobody's gonna go to a movie theater in the united states yeah i think there's a good chance you're gonna have a whole year now where nobody's going to a movie theater in the united states i don't i can't tell you realistically when it like it would i think it could make sense that people would go to movie theaters even at 50 percent of the capacity we're used to seeing that doesn't that date doesn't feel anytime soon so if Think that's about- the case, at this point, we're in a whole different time period. I know that there's contractual obligations and deals with these specific theater companies that they're going to have to work out. I totally get that. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not going to pretend I, I'm a lawyer or somebody who knows how to work all that stuff out. But it's got to get worked out. Because movie theaters are, are, for lack of a better term, they're canceled. I, I, there's, there's, who's going to a movie theater now in it's 2020? Not it's just not an option. And look at what's happening. Look yeah. at, you know, I don't, I, I forget. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but obviously the reason why Tenet moved off the date was because of China. The Chinese government put in a, a mandate that said no movies can be played that are over two hours. Tenet is two and a half hours. Once that was put in place, there was no way Warner Brothers was just going to release Tenet. Where in a, when China wasn't an option, 
how long is this Chinese mandate going to be in place? I'd imagine for a while. That's just me personally. But if that's the case, are you not going to release your movie in China? Because in theory, China and a lot of these foreign markets are doing a lot better than than the United States. Exactly. So if you're going by just strictly the places, if you're going from a strictly a health perspective, releasing your movies foreign makes more sense than releasing them domestically, um, at least initially. But then that creates another issue of like, wow, so you're going to release Tenet overseas before you release it in the United States? I mean... Which, which I, sometimes has been done, but I think that that... that that strategy is becoming a lot more difficult to do with the um with the accelerated you know involvement of uh internet culture of yeah. spoiler culture like that for years at it you know that was how it was done like yeah sometimes we would debut a month before they came out in theaters here but just because of i guess where technology was it really was never much of a as much of a fear that like the plot of the movie would get leaked and you could see everything now, like you know, we've seen with how, uh, you know, you know, the Marvel has moved the date of Avengers to match it with it's an international release, so they have to worry about spoilers. Same thing we've seen with Spider Man, like, like the, that's that used to be a thing, but you can't really do that anymore with some yeah. of these films. Especially now, we're gonna be talking about months. Like exactly, we're not talking about oh yeah, a couple of weeks. I'm sure they do it, but theaters aren't gonna be open in the United States. Like, if we're talking on a 50-state basis, for the rest of the year. So, if that's the case, it, I, I don't know. It, it's there. It's going to be tough to move forward if you're, if you're a studio like Warner Brothers and you have movies like Tenet and Wonder Woman over two hours that, in the places where it's doing better, like in China... In theory, you're still not able to you're still not able to release your movies the way it is because they've already put a mandate saying no movies over two over two and a, over two hours. Well, it remains to be seen whether or not other countries will take will follow suit. But China is a huge market, regardless. You're not going to just give up China for the sake of. Italy. Yeah, I would argue for American movies, you would think that China is the second biggest market, right? One hundred percent. Right. Exactly. Especially for an action movie. Right. A lot of a lot of times, action movies do better in China than they do here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, besides like your huge Avengers or Star Wars, but like, you know, something a little more uh, nuanced might do better in China than it would do over here. So, so it's something like Tenet, quote unquote. But, um, but no. So it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward for those stu- for a studio like Warner Brothers to try and release a movie. Are you gonna cut a movie like Tenet or Wonder Woman down by fifteen to thirty minutes just so you can get to the twenty minute mark? I mean, Christopher Nolan would never let them do that. So you get, you get the feeling Christopher Nolan would rather have his arm cut off than let that happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so if that's the case, then Warner Brothers is just gonna have to they're just gonna have to sit on it. And at what point does Tenet become a new mutant situation where this movie doesn't come out? I mean, at what, Kendall, at what point does all of these movies become a new mutant situation? Like, that's the way I'm looking at yeah. this. Is Black Widow's in a worse spot than because t- was supposed to come out this summer. Every single movie company needs to be having advanced talks about 
putting their movies out on some kind of direct home streaming access. I just yeah. we're at that point, guys, and I, and I feel awesome. like look, I, I they have to they have to hear that mathematically, fiscally, they're going to take a loss regardless. Exactly. Wait three years. Their movies aren't gonna. They're not gonna make the same amount of money. One because a Black Widow movie coming out in, in summer of twenty twenty one, it's just not gonna hit the same way that it would have when it was suppo- actually supposed to come out. Eventually, there's just gonna be people tired of it. People was like, yeah, this is that old movie that was supposed to come out like years ago. <laughs> now I'm waiting for it now. So that's gonna hurt. But then secondly, like you said, there's still going to be trepidation from many of people. From from a from a large segment of the of the movie going population, and there's gonna be a segment of them that just say, I, "I'm not comfortable with going to the movies." Black Widow isn't worth it to me. If they were, if, if we were talking about Avengers Endgame, I'd be a little more comfortable in saying, "Yeah, they'll they'll still make a lot of money." But with Black Widow, I you're just asking to lose money by releasing this thing in theaters. So I don't get why you blow up the rest of your calendar. For a movie that's gonna lose money anyway, find ways. Be creative. Find ways to make money off of this movie. It's it's good if you release this thing as big as this movie is gonna be. If you release this thing digitally, you're gonna make a ton of money just off of hype. Like the hype of this movie from a social media perspective would be huge. I, I, mean, I mean, look at what we've seen with the, the Zack Snyder cut. Exactly. I mean that 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 we all knew was going to be probably a streaming service thing. And it it was the biggest story in Hollywood for a week or however long it was when we were talking about it. Like, imagine that was for a movie we had already seen. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> we'd already came out. Imagine, like, this would be unprecedented to have a, a brand you know, new movie. From a word of mouth perspective, there's going to be that FOMO that people talk about, that fear of missing out. Because if if it's a movie that's it's so easy, you could just put it on your TV. You don't even have to go anywhere. You can just put it on your TV. I don't know. I don't know a person that's gonna say I, I don't gotta see that movie. I just feel like there's gonna be people that are just gonna be like, look. I have to see it. I, I mean, if you yeah, that's the thing. It. And you know, my, you know, shout out to my girlfriend, the lovely Andrea Lynch. You know, she she said this. She said this today. She was like, people don't have anything to do. Like exactly. Like they don't. They can't go out. They can't do anything. Like you don't think that people wouldn't spend the money to watch like brand new content movies that they would not have normally been able to see you don't think that they of course they would and this is like like we're at that point now everybody's ready 100 percent. and when you're talking about because there's always that conversation of look i mean the mcu you know you kind of have to have seen the movies to see it which is fair but the last two movies were endgame and spider-man Huge movies that most people have seen. Spider-Man, honestly, you don't have to have seen to see Black Widow. But particularly Endgame, everybody saw that movie. If you didn't see that movie, then, well, look, then then I'm sorry. But there's a lot of people that have seen those movies that maybe wouldn't normally see a Black Widow movie. But in these circumstances, maybe like, you know what? I saw Endgame. I wonder what happened to Black Widow. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. I don't know. I think you'd get so many people to to buy that movie. And, again, you can find ways to be creative about making the money back that you would lose. Um, I'm not saying they'd make a billion dollars off of this movie, but you, I think you'd make hundreds of millions. That's my guess. I think, I, I think if you price it enough, like, you can make advertising dollars. You can find ways to be creative. 
intermissions. I like, but you got to do something. But you just sit and just sit on this movie for years. It's not a good idea. Yeah, and I think you know some you know some people may say, oh, it's Kendall being, uh, you know, is he exaggerating? When he says, oh, years, man. <laughs> this thing is not. We're not in a good situation. I think sometimes you gotta just sit up, smell the roses, or smell the coffee, and just. This thing's not gonna be out by February of twenty one. Just keep it. Black Widow was supposed to be out in February of twenty. So if we're talking about it's coming out in the summer of twenty one, which is possible, but even then, that's a long. That's an out. That's a year and a half out of when it was supposed to come out, and by that point. Things still probably won't be that comfortable. No. So, what's the point? Uh, or unless you were talking two years. And, not- and every in every every conversation we have with this, it's always assuming the best case scenario with the development of the coronavirus pandemic. Like when you made the case of, oh well, okay, the earliest like, you could put this movie out again, like may very well be summer of twenty twenty one. That's still the best case scenario. That's still yes. the vaccine works. Nobody has any crazy special, you know, special effects. Uh, you know, side, no bad side effects. You know, it works effectively. Everybody takes it. Uh, like there's so many things. There is no massive second wave. Like everything that we we talk about right now, we we we, we it's under the preface of okay, if everything goes perfect, this is the best case scenario. And if you really want to be the first movie. To release, I, I mean, there's gonna be someone that does. That's, Christopher Nolan seems very confident he wants to be the first one to do it, but like, I think there's a reason why Disney pushed their thing back to November. I think, and part of it was, I think part of it was, we don't want Black Widow to be the first movie to release during after coronavirus or after things are good. Part of it was maybe they just didn't think that summer was viable, but they put Mulan in the summer mm-hmm. and put Black Widow. In the in in the fall, why is that fall winter? I think because they were skeptical that yeah, if we're the first movie, we may get hit with just again that trepidation of people that just say I don't want to go. It's not worth it. Yeah. So fast forward to spring of twenty one, movies still haven't come out. Do you really want to be the first one to say we're the first major movie to come out, or do you want to wait a couple months after that? I. Yeah, it's, a, me, it's like, a no-brainer to me. But just don't do that with Black Widow. For a movie that's supposed to come out in April, do it with a movie like Eternals or Shang-Chi or something something else that we know is going to be more in line with when it was supposed to come out. Right. So, I mean, the marketing campaign for Black Widow has just been awful. It's not their fault, but, like, the movie was supposed to come out already. Now we haven't seen anything from it in months, People probably, a lot of people probably forgotten about it, and it's gonna have to get pushed back again anyway. I don't know. Yeah, no, they got they got to drop it. They got they got to drop I, it. I feel like they've missed their mark already, but they're they, still. They, yeah, they they have in some sense, but they got to drop it now. This this there's no more playing games. Um, and look, my my biggest, uh, one of the biggest hurdles I had beyond I thought was was the clear contractual issues you'd have with theater companies. But again, I, I just think that that's. I'm not saying that's secondary, like that's still an issue, but I just think like you gotta approach theater companies like, yo man, like you guys again, you're you're an endangered species in the business world at this point. Yes. I'm just 
I'll fight you whatever I gotta fight you with, whether that be in court or whatever, but I'm just not dealing with you in a serious way anymore. Like you just can't. Like yeah. and again, I don't I don't say that with any kind of joy. Like it pains me that that's where we are. But the theater industry is in is is a is is in a, a terrible way right now. And the idea that you're gonna just be attached to them for no reason, I to me and not not for no reason, but to me, you got to detach yourself from from them. Like that 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 whole aspect of movie going is just not viable right now. So you got to fend for yourself. It's it's every man for for yourself. The survival of the fittest here. You got to start getting creative. And I think that to me, I'm at the point. It's got to be streaming services. Now I know the other issue I had was uh, pirating. There's no real there's no real answer I have for that, honestly. There's nothing really I can say. There's nothing it's just gonna happen. But I still feel like what you will earn in regards to first of all, I think that you could probably, you know, cut a deal with the with the US government to like ramp up their anti pirating whatever piracy. piracy, sorry. Yeah. The anti piracy uh unit. Yeah, crack that. Effects, I mean, uh, impact, whatever whatever their efforts are, you could tell them, yo, man, we need y'all to really decapitate anybody trying to. And I say that, no, I don't mean physically. I mean, of course. <laughs> I mean, in terms of, like, the actions of doing it. Like, I'm not going to Game of Thrones here. I'm just talking about, like, you need to, uh, you know, effectively decapitate any efforts at doing that. And I think that the U.S. government has the ability to do that. It, it was, honestly, man, in this climate, I, I I can't tell the difference between if you say decapitate. Honestly, maybe some of the forest <laughs> they've been using, but but no, I mean, yeah, I, I look, I think, yeah, I agree, the piracy is a real thing, but that's but honestly, it happens anyway. I'm not saying that. It, that you know what else is a real thing? Nobody going to the movie theater. Yes. Like that's the thing. It's yeah. just like you're you're in a position where they're all bad options. I'm not they're saying that this is, I'm not saying that this is a good option that you're putting your your stuff to stream for anyone who pays money to get. No, that's obviously not your first option. That's why you haven't done it. That's why nobody does it like that. But in this environment, this is to me the only viable option. Otherwise, it's you're not you're pushing back every movie you have that's in the can to next year. And I'm not talking about January. Like, I'm talking about probably the summer. And like I said, to me, that's being very ambitious. I just think we got to look at the situation right now and be honest with ourselves. And say, are we in a situation where going out safely without the fear of getting coronavirus is in the near future? I don't think there's anybody with any kind of sense who believes that that's the case. There's nothing scientifically. There's nothing from our government. There's no. There's no. F, there's no. There's no evidence of that being even remotely possible. I think. So if that's the position we're in, you, my, you gotta adjust. Last thing on the kennel. My my proposal. If you want to make the most money possible, you say you know what in November, we're going with some sort of. We're going with an international release of, of a foreign release of Black Widow. With that, we will be releasing domestically Black Widow on Disney Plus with a twenty dollar, thirty dollar. You can debate the number charge 
to buy the movie in the Disney Plus app. We've seen with like the it's already the 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 system. They already they already utilize the system of having you buy a streaming service to buy a pay per view. If I want to watch a UFC fight, I can't just buy the fight. I have to buy Disney Plus or ESPN Plus to then buy the pay-per-view. Yeah, y- like, boy, y'all don't know how mad I was when I realized that, oh, I just don't get all the pay-per-views because I bought this like, I thought I got pay-per-view for five ninety nine. Yeah, I'm like, why are they charging me to watch this Anderson Silva fight? Like, I don't, I'm so confused right now. I have ESPN Plus. I guess I got thinking they didn't have my login right. Or so, <laughs> I realized, oh, no, I still got to give them more money. This is just access to... Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Like, I'm buying access to buy something, which yeah, is such a scam, but it is what it is. Yeah. But, like, look, they got to make money. That's how they got to make money. But you could do the same system with Disney Plus. And, again, I'm not saying you're going to make a billion dollars, but whatever you make internationally, you don't release it internationally on Disney Plus. If you're, if you're in some of those other countries, you got to see it in theaters. I'm sorry. I don't know how much money you're, you're making off of that, but some of those other countries are in better shape. Some of the other governments are doing a little better, so you may be, you still may get some of that, um, some of that movie theater, uh, you know, money, some of that movie theater profit. But, um, uh, but when it comes to it, when it comes to domestically, you have to release it on Disney Plus. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I think that's the only way you. That's the only way you're going to make up ground when it comes to keeping your schedule intact. When it comes to being able to run your business, because at some point you're going to need some income. I don't know how long Disney World is going to stay open. The fact that it's open now is incredible to me. But I don't know how long that's going to last with the way things are going. So if Disney World gets shut down, now where are you getting your money from? You, they, they, we've already talked about when it was closed, they were losing like $20 billion a day or $20 million a day or something crazy. What happens if that closes down again? You have no movies. I don't know. I just say... It'd be a solid source of income. You could do that with multiple movies, and you make a lot of money uh, through all the movies, all the different movies they have. Uh, you know, it's seems like an easy decision, but I don't know. They, Bob Iger knows, and Alan Horn know more about running a movie studio than I do. But as a consumer, I'd much prefer that Black Widow come out now than on Disney Plus than wait until next year to see it in theaters when. Who knows if I even want to see it in theaters? Or cause that's the other thing we talk about piracy. Piracy is going to be at an all-time high when this movie comes out. When any of these yes. movies, piracy will be at an all-time high, regardless of whether yeah, it's in the people, theaters. People won't, won't, won't want to go to the movie theater. People, there are going to be people that will literally pirate Black Widow or any movie if it's out in theaters that would have likely just bought it if it were out on digital. Streaming services. Yes. That's going to happen. I'm telling you for a fact. So, because that, like, I don't know what the number is. I don't know if that's millions of people or what the number is. But that's going to happen. So, this idea that, oh, man, the piracy and, I mean, there are other reasons why you're going to lose money. But find ways to make it back, man. You're Disney. You're, and you have this major movie that everyone's going to want to see and everyone's going to want to pay for. You can find ways to make that experience a profitable one for the company. But, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this ends up shaking up. Man, Marvel, Disney, y'all got to stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Release the, the movies. Put it all on the app. And we'll, we'll have to go from there and see where this whole thing shakes out. It does appear that they may, they may be moving in that direction in at least one film that was slated to come out... Uh, 
in movie theaters at some point in time, when we don't know, because this movie has been delayed now by about two years. But the New Mutants film, which you guys will recall, was a Fox project that had been delayed uh, significantly for reshoes and for a lot of other bizarre reasons. Then, you, of course, you had the Fox-Disney deal, which meant that Disney then owned the movie. And what Disney planned to do with it seemed uncertain for a while before they eventually settled on release date. And then once this coronavirus pandemic came down, they pulled it off its schedule. And we really haven't had any update on what the status was of New Mutants. Well, today we saw a some kind of TV spot that someone posted onto Reddit. It made its way onto Twitter. And it's essentially a, a video from... It's a promotional video for the movie, but it's also an announcement video saying that the movie will now be streaming on Disney Plus September 4th. This was news that nobody had heard, nobody had had discussed. And while we did have a story a couple of weeks ago about it, you know, potentially being on Amazon early, then that ended up being not true, I guess. This appears to be look more true. Now, a lot of the I guess Disney, through these various reporters who have been talking about this story all day, is saying that this TV spot that we saw surface online is not real. It's fake. Yes. I have... I'm I'm not really going to talk much about the content in the the TV spot. I don't think it's too crazy, but there is some stuff that we haven't seen before, and maybe you don't want to get spoiled, so I'm not really going to get involved into what was in it. But... What I will say is, I don't believe at all that this is fake. I think that this is 100% real, and it's hard for me to really find a reason to believe it would be fake. One, because of the existence of the new content that's obviously very authentic. This isn't old footage or footage that nobody, like, this isn't fan-made footage. Like, this is the actors, like, in their scenes, it's cut extremely well in regards to like how you expect a professional a professional tv spot to be cut they have the, even the disney app the disney graphics and the disney animations as someone who does tv news and kind of knows how to, how to use it you know what an authentic animation will look like and stuff it all lines up directly with what you would probably see from a disney plus tv spot and what we've already seen from disney plus tv spots but we have seen some already they've released some since disney plus has come out and it looks right in, in line with what uh, this thing looked like. So I don't believe for a second that this is fake. I think that Disney has made whatever deal they had to make with other people to say, hey, we're going to put this on our own platform. Y'all just got to deal with it. And that to me is clearly what's happening. Kendall, do you think that's also what's happening? I think this is... I Look, what I'll tell you is I'm fascinated to see that in you reading this panel. Something I wasn't fascinated for <laughs> about right. a week or two ago. But now I'm fascinated to see what happens during that new unions panel because exactly. it's I think it's up in the air, honestly. Um I tend to I tend to understand there are a lot there's a lot of momentum for this thing being fake. A lot of different people are chirping, a lot of different insiders are chirping, saying, Oh no, this is fake. Call them I did the pretty much every every insider I've seen said that they've come out they've they've called out they've called up their disney their disney guy and that guy told them no this is fake disregard this um 
someone even claimed they that they DM'd Josh Boone, the director, on Instagram, and they have the the, the screenshot. Of, I don't know if it's real or not, but they have the screenshot of them DMing him and him saying, as far as I know, that it's not real. I haven't been told about this. And he said, as far as he knew, that the rights still belong to, I guess it was HBO or whoever owned the rights. I think it was HBO still owns the, the rights to uh, streaming something like New Mutants. So as opposed to Disney Plus. So all those being said, that does lean in the direction of it's probably fake. But there, I, I do, I do understand when you when you come out and you say, or someone like Skyler Schuler from Disney Insider, who also claimed that his Disney guy told him, "Yes, yeah, it's fake," but that he doesn't believe it. he doesn't believe it, and he expects that this that this will be confirmed on Thursday. Um, because one, the company line seems to be going out to too many people. Um, I feel like if this were fake, what's the point of even denying it? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess you just want to be nice to your source, but are you really going to tell your source, yeah, it's real? Yeah. Well, that'd be, that'd be kind of weird. Uh, you could ignore them, which I think normally yeah, that's what I would have thought about just doing. Just being like, ah, oh, yeah, well, you'll see. Or <laughs> something like that. You know, been very vague. Or you tell them no, regardless of whether or not it's the truth or not. So, look, I, I I think now if this was a deal where this came out two weeks ago and we didn't know there was a panel or something, I, it would have been a little more up in the air. But the fact that it's two days away, I it's very it's very it's very very likely that they may Disney just saying you know this is just lie for two days. It's not like it's not going to kill anybody. It's New Mutants. It's just lie, say it's, it's fake, and then they'll find out in two days it's actually real. Mm-hmm. Um. That seems like a very probable uh, situation. Um, the 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 ad looked good. It looked good. I, there is something weird about it. I don't know what it was, but there was something weird about it where I was like, eh. maybe it's just because New Mutants. I feel like I've seen like a million different versions of the movie at this point through different teasers and TV spots. And I mean, remember they were showing New Mutants TV spots not that long ago. <laughs> now they've been pushing yeah. this movie back for years, but. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my guess is that this is that we're gonna get something on Thursday that confirms that this is uh, in fact real. Um, but if not, we'll know on Thursday. I, what I don't think is I I don't think that we'll get nothing. If that makes any sense, like I what I do think is we'll get something on Thursday that will do, that will be defining. And my guess is that it would be that it is coming on Disney Plus. But I don't think it's just going to say, yeah, you know, so uh, we don't know the release date. Um, and, you know, as long as whatever happens with the COVID, that's when we'll know. I, I think they have an idea of what's going to happen. And I think it's pretty definite. And if that's the case, it'll probably be on a streaming service. And considering all the X-Men things have been moving to Disney+, Plus, it'd be very odd for it to then come out on HBO Max. So, yeah, it's a uh, boy. How much do you think it pains these uh, scoop masters in Hollywood to have to put out this obvious BS? <laughs> you just calling it out. I mean, it's what it is. I, I, I mean, look, man, I could look crazy in a week. I could look completely nuts, and this could end up being fake, and, like, there's a movie date, and, like, I'm gonna have to come back and eat a lot of crow. But, like, to me, I, I can't think, of, I keep thinking about that. I'm like, these people who, like, 
who swear by accuracies, who swear by their sources, like to, in order to keep those sources, had to put out this obvious nonsense. And what's funny is we talked about it before the show. Like I won't be surprised if like Disney maybe swaps in a couple of different shots, a couple of different scenes right. in this in this TV spot by the time we get to Comic Con and their panel. Though we're I mean not a lot of time. We're talking about two days. Um, so maybe they won't, but I, I think that there's a good chance that they will. And to make it see, oh, see what you saw was fake, and like that, this was the same exact date, same animation. Just they had they had scenes. I don't know where those scenes came from. That was not a real thing. And and then I'm sure that you know the the uh, people who you know the scoop masters who are putting this out will have to come on and say, oh, see, look, it was it was fake. It wasn't the same thing. Um, the same ones that always you know are fighting over semantics about their stories will somehow ignore the semantics that are clearly here when this thing drops and it is in fact this date um, or there's not this date like that very close to that date and that that thing was as close to real as could have imagined in fact it was real until we saw it when we weren't supposed to I don't know I just think that I don't know anybody who sees that that how well done that looked thinks that that could be fake I, I don't know how do you fake that like someone would that mean someone would have somehow gotten a hold of new movie before anybody gotten a hold of it cut together shots somehow made a whole graphics package or had access to the Disney Plus graphics package and animation package to put out something on an Australian TV to like to all this for new mutants like come on it don't make no sense like some yeah. things just like don't make common if they ain't common sense then something is obviously wrong if this were Black Widow I'd be far more skeptical yes because there's a lot of footage of Black Widow out and a lot and of it has been just, put together. There's a lot of motivation for people to just make that. And there's a lot of motivation. I agree with that, too. I don't, yeah. Does anybody care? Nobody cares that this is coming out on Disney Plus or on a streaming service. Nobody. Or rather on, uh, on, on theaters. Nobody cares. People will have an opinion on it. But the idea that people are salivating or demanding that Disney do this is not. This is not a Snyder Cut situation. This is not a, even an Air Cut situation. Which I saw that was trending. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. Like, this is not that. Nobody really has much interest in this project. So nobody's taking that kind of time. With that, with those kind of skills and that kind of access to put that together. And, it, and it's, oh, sorry, that wasn't real. That was just fake. No, that was some, that was real. Why? What In what instance, essence was it real? Was it an early cut of something they were putting together that wasn't supposed to get out? Is it a... I don't even throw out there, could it be something that they put together that... In, in, in the in the likelihood they come up with a decision to even put it out. Like maybe the decision hasn't been completely made yet, but they're moving towards that direction, and maybe this got leaked. But, again, as someone who works at a television station, like, you, we make stuff all the time that doesn't ever see the air, like animations and certain things, and, you know, maybe it's because of contractual, maybe it's because of naming rights, whatever the case may be. Uh... So could that could something have that was actually made by Disney got out that wasn't supposed to get out because they were not ready to make that announcement or they're not they're not sure they're making that announcement? Sure, that's possible. But is that thing real? Yes, that's gonna that was something made by Disney, and um and again I would be very surprised that in if not very soon we don't learn that this is indeed coming out on streaming service. If somehow we learn soon that oh actually the it's coming out in a movie still like that would be. I would obviously again. I'd sound crazy on here, and I'd have to come on Eli Crow. I think that would just be a very shocking development. Staying on uh, the Disney Plus beat here, 
So we learned earlier in the week that Falcon and Winter Soldier had indeed been delayed. This was supposed to come out in August. That was no longer happening. It was taken off of the Disney Plus August calendar. So now we're in position of when will we be seeing this show? Now there was initial word that WandaVision also was going to be delayed. That now according to Deadline is not the case. And according to Entertainment Weekly, uh, we should be hearing about a new premiere date for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier very soon. But when you consider that we should be hearing the new new release date soon and that WandaVision is, is not moving off this October date, at least as of yet, I, I'm, I'm a little confused, Kendall, because... Oh, December, I think, WandaVision. Uh, well, I see here, Deadline says uh, the show remains on track for its previously set October premiere date. I don't That's know. Oh, oh, but maybe they they're wrong. I don't oh, know. Oh, maybe it's a typo. It could be. It could be a typo. Right, right. It could be December. So right. So, so okay. So that that I was gonna say like that's only a month apart. So how is that gonna work? But <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I saw WandaVision was supposed to come out in 2020. In my head, I was like, really? I thought this was 2021 anyway. Like, right. I was like, how soon? That's all December. I was like, oh yeah. So that's basically you know end of the year. That made more sense, but uh, October is not a bit wow. That's really that's really uh, sneaking up on it. Yeah, and they, they actually they actually adjusted. Now I was reading an old article. Deadline I think to adjust the article. Just say on track for a twenty twenty premiere date. So right, right. So that's that's a little different. So so if you're looking at December for um, Wandavision. You're looking at sometime I would assume this year for Winter Soldier and Falcon. I mean, do we assume that? Because I, I, I assumed that you, we had to get Winter Soldier and Falcon first. Is there any chance that that's not the case? That they this could be pushed back even beyond December, which is when WandaVision is supposed to come out? That's what that's what you would think. If Falcon and Winter Soldier is pushed back, you would think it gets pushed back to a point where... Still before Wanda, WandaVision, right? Right. Um... I think the timeline, as we know, Marvel is very is, is sacred. You know, keeping the the order of operations the same. So, look, I'm not convinced that WandaVision is going to stick in in December. That's the that's the that's the that's the company line for right now. But who who knows how long that stays? Um, as we as we've seen with Tenet, and we've certainly seen with DB and things can change on a dime. You know, you can say one thing. One week and then the next week it gets completely shifted and you know during these times it's the least of a it's the least of a studio's concerns are oh man we got to push it back it's like well yeah unfortunate but it kind of has to happen so I I wouldn't rule out WandaVision getting pushed back and Winter Soldier replacing that date but assuming that it's assuming that it does stay in December then yeah you would expect Winter Soldier still comes out before WandaVision. Um, is there any concern to you about overlap? Like, do you think that they have to release separately, or could you release them within the same time period? Let's say within a month of each other. I mean, we especially talked about, we talked about this a lot with Marvel in the past. Um, I don't. I, I would say that they probably can coexist in some ways. I think that the the bigger concern for me is the how it coexists with how this movie in particular, Black, or rather this show, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, how it coexists with Black Widow. 
because we know right. Black Widow is in some ways kind of a sequel to Civil War. Yes. Which is, of course, a Captain America movie. And this is... This show is a sequel to Endgame, but kind of following along the Captain America, you know, tie-in story arc. And I feel like we've heard that stuff from Black Widow will tie into this movie. I mean, to this show, rather. I feel like that's something we've heard. I, I, yeah. I don't think I'm making that up. Maybe I am. Maybe the listener will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm almost certain we've heard that. So if we're in a situation where we, we, we know that movie's going to tie in, and this show is slated for still to come out in 2020, how is that going to work? Because we've talked about how, I don't know how Disney expects people to see a movie in a theater in 2020. So are there going to be potential spoilers if this movie somehow, if this show comes out somehow before Black Widow? Will there be aspects, whatever the tie-ins that they were talking about, will those aspects maybe be taken out of the show so that it doesn't spoil the movie? Because the right. tie-in could be anything. It doesn't have to, it could be an after-credit scene. It could be kind of an off-the-beat. Like, it may be something that isn't completely woven into the, the story fabric that... Or it could be something so innocuous that we just, that it's just not that big a deal that we see it. I don't, I don't know. We don't know what's in the show. We haven't seen the show or the movie yet. But... I think that's that's actually the overlap I'm actually more concerned about. My my guess, because I because as you were talking, I was trying to think in my head what could be something that is revealed in Black Widow that would then be followed up on, like examples of things that could then be followed up on in Falcon Winter Soldier. And every example that I've came up with in my head have been things where order of operations is kind of irrelevant. Like you can do it. It's supposed to be done a certain way, but you can kind of do it both ways. Like, for example, let's say in Black Widow, we've talked about the idea of Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, being a Thunderbolt. Let's say she turns and she's evil, and there's some post credit scene or something where Thunderbolt Raw shows up, and he's like, yeah, you know, the Thunderbolt initiative or something like that. And the Thunderbolts get referenced in Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. You could probably do it both ways. You could do the Falcon Winter Soldier thing first and then have that thing in Black Widow. Now, I think it probably hits better if the Black Widow thing... The Black Widow thing hits better if it's first rather than if it's second. But Or you could do something more innocuous like, let's say they name drop Latveria in both projects. Does it really matter which one comes first? Maybe it does. I don't know the specific example and how it was done, but it it still has it still has meaning. So those are just two examples. It could be something a little more direct, but because they're sort of separate, I don't know if it's gonna be something so direct where it's like. So you're saying if it's if it's something that's alluding to something that's got as a yeah in the future. Then the timeline of when you know or see that thing won't matter as much, depending on what it is. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. It it depends on how it depends on what it is you're talking about. But yes, I I could definitely see that. Right. So they may just say, you know what? (laughs) This being revealed in Falcon Winter Soldier as opposed to Black Widow won't hit as many people probably. Won't see it maybe won't hit as many eyeballs, but um it, the order of operations isn't as relevant. And look, so, man, at the end of the day, like, you know, Black Widow is still a prequel. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so in one sense, they may feel like this may be a movie that's particularly 
it particularly yeah particularly flexible in the idea that it's a prequel so anything you may see crazy stuff that may feel unexplained but it, just like you you've seen stuff in other movies that aren't explained until you see, watch a prequel it might not be that bad or show that you know that, that might have a prequel then you don't you might not know what it is until you watch a prequel it might not be as bad now here they wanted to show the prequel before they showed you this stuff but it might just be a, a different effect that they're okay with yeah it, it the only the only issue would just be if there is any flash forward which personally i expect is gonna be, <laughs> i'd be shocked if there was no flash forward in black widow yeah i agree you know, Marvel almost always goes with a flash forward in all their movies, so that are prequels. So, I would expect there be a to, I would expect there to be a flash forward. So, and I expect whatever they're showing a flash forward to be pretty significant, just as they've always been significant. So, because of that, I would expect that whatever the flash forward is will, will be could potentially have an effect on Falcon Winter Soldier. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just oh, Natasha was a scroll. In Endgame, that really didn't have an effect on what happens in Falcon Winter Soldier. So, I, I think it's doable. So, I, I mean, I don't know. WandaVision, I think, is more concerning. I think WandaVision will be in real time. Um, I think that'll have major, major effects. And so, I think you have definitely have to wait on WandaVision when it comes to releasing that after Falcon Winter Soldier. But... Um, but I think you can release them at the same time to answer my initial question. I think you can yeah, release them. and I think you can too. You know, I, I think that they could come out close to each other. I don't think they could be out on the same weekend. But right. You know, but one, if if you release one, let's say you release Falcon and Winter Soldier in November, and then it's six episodes, and a month later you start releasing Wandavision. I think you're okay. I think you're fine. Yeah. You know, because especially People, we gotta think about like how many of these shows that we know. That you are you now used to coming out in the fall that won't be coming out. Exactly. There's exactly. a lot of there's a lot of television content that we won't be seeing when the fall starts again, and that's going to give people a lot more time to watch stuff that's new that maybe they wouldn't have had, had time for. So you may say, "Oh man, I only got a month to finish Falcon and Winter Soldier," which you know for us that sounds maybe crazy because we're like, "Oh man, yeah. we might watch this during the day." But I mean, for general folk, regular folk, yeah, like that might be a time. Maybe they want to kind of let these episodes marinate. Maybe they want no, to get I'm to it a little later. Maybe they're involved with another show and they don't have time to add a new show in. But so many people are losing their television hours because of shows it's that aren't in production right now. They they, they they end up have they may have a chance to. to it's funny to you mention that get involved there. Yeah. Because this is always a debate that people have when it comes to these types of shows streaming on streaming services, but that aren't Netflix. What do you expect, and what do you prefer? More importantly, though, what do you expect Disney will do in terms of releasing Falcon and Winter Soldier all at all at the same time or week to week? Because I assumed it'd be week to week. I did too. That may change though. I can see that. Yeah, that may that may change. I mean, the only show, it's the only premiere big show we've seen them do so far was The Mandalorian. That was a week to week show. Yeah, they did the Clone Wars. That was also week. Oh, to week. that's true too. But that was also week to week. Yeah. Now that's Lucasfilm, which is a different, right, different branch. branch of Disney. But it still suggests maybe there there's a pattern there with how Disney plus. But Marvel, but Marvel, and they, obviously Marvel and Netflix and Marvel Studios are different. But Marvel and Netflix release them all at the same time. Exactly. And Runaways, they've Runaways have done both. Yes, Runaways first season one I believe was week to week, 
and then they released it all, or vice versa. One of them was, one of them they did retweet, and then they went to the release it all, or vice. You know, we know what I'm trying to say. That yeah, they, they've kinda, done both. They, they did the hybrid. Yeah. Yes, they done both. So mm-hmm. it, it can go either way. Yeah, my guess is they'll do week to week, um, especially since it's shorter. And it allows you to create more of a conversation about the show. That's the biggest. That's the biggest thing is it allows more people to to be involved with the with the show. But yeah, I think it, I, I I personally I think that the week to week streaming thing is still preferred. I know there was a kind of a talk like in when Netflix first started doing shows about how unique that was and whether or not that was the future. I I still think that like you said I think that these shows have more of a shelf life in our like public conversation yeah, yeah. when they're week to week than when you just release it all in a weekend. Right. Like that's what made the Mandalorian so big. Yeah. The big Yoda thing doesn't hit the same way if they drop that. One thousand percent true. Yeah. One thousand percent. Baby Yoda is not the same phenomenon if that's a whole that's just a weekend, everything dropped. The idea of seeing that character and what new thing they were going to be involved in every week was like the talk of every week. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know? It was like we were talking about like what was happening on television. It was like, you know, what we're gonna see baby do baby Yoda do next week. Right and what kind of aspect is he gonna be in? You know, and then when he saw the episode, it was about well, this is what he did or this is what he didn't do. You should have saw more of him. Like, like the reveal was so huge. Yes, and the reveal was such a big deal. Like the fact that that, that the way they did it, and then you had a week to marinate on that reveal. Yeah, you can't do it any other way. In that in that aspect, they couldn't have done it any other way. It wouldn't have hit the same. And it's gonna make them. That's it's made them. It's gonna make them hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a diff- That's a that's a money making difference. <laughs> that's not that's not nothing to be oh yeah. it, would, it wouldn't have been that big a deal no that would have been huge if that baby Yoda thing didn't hit the way it did and maybe there's something that Marvel has here that won't hit the same if it's just done all in one weekend like there's right. the, every 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 decision is done no decision is just done willy nilly I know sometimes we joke about yo man why didn't you know they're not putting the, the right time and energy and effort and thought process to something whether we are talking about Marvel we're talking about DC I know a lot of times I've said that about DC. Some of it, a lot of some of it, that is facetious in some ways. We know there's a lot of thought going to every single thing people are doing. You may disagree with the decisions that are eventually made, but these aren't decisions that are made lightly. And um, yeah, especially when it comes to these blockbuster movies. Exactly. Television is, you know, de- you know, when it comes to like the CW or something. Uh, yeah, they may make some decisions cosmetically that they may feel this may work a little better or something. But, um, but when it comes to the, the big budget situations a streaming service show or a a movie uh, th- those decisions are very carefully crafted and very important um, every decision you think is little is not little I saw a story today um, that really I was kind of confused by so I'm going to give it to you so obviously you know we don't know when we're going to see Wonder Woman 84 Bleeding Cool came out with a report about how it appears the movie will retcon a, a big aspect of the Batman v Superman movie in the continuity. So if you guys remember that movie, Wonder Woman's in the movie, but it's explained that she basically disappeared after her heroic efforts during World War One, and that it had been 100 years since anyone had ever had really seen her. 
obviously that doesn't appear to be the case anymore because we see her in 1984. She's in public. She's active. It's like it's very obvious that she's out in these streets saving people and being a superhero. So, well, so that was kind of like what happened with that. So in this article, it says, um, and I'm taking this part of this from ComboMovie.com. So shout out to them. It says Justice League always contradicted the events of BVS when Wonder Woman mentioned that she always came when she was called uh, but now a tie-in novel for the sequel will go some ways towards explaining finally, finally explaining what the Amazon really meant when she said that she had walked away from humanity so Bleeding Cool explains Diana has been doing a lot of good work in the world however as she walked away in a metaphorical sense the trauma of seeing Steve die and then watching her friends eventually succumb to old age has left her distant from humanity even as uh, she continually saves them. Diana has no friends and no real connection to the world aside from her duty to save it at the beginning. Uh, this is nonsense. Can we just call that like it is? I know I'm, I've been shooting straight, right straight today. This yes. is BS. <laughs> There's no other way to describe this. Like, so they're trying to explain to us that. I remember. Batman was doing a lot of research to try to figure out who this person was. When she yeah. saw this person. And he had no idea. This is Batman we're talking about. If you remember BVS, and I watched this movie very recently. You guys watched it recently. Yes. He was like, yo, who is this person? Batman, who knows yes. everything about everything, was completely stumped by the situation until he came across a picture from 1914. Yeah, whatever Lex year that was. Lex Luthor's uh, file or whatever. Yes. And... The, again, the explanation that was given was she has been missing for a hundred years, which again I kind of didn't love that idea, but I was like, okay, whatever. I, I was rocking with it. I was cool. It was like that's what they want to do. It's kind of similar to Captain America, but fine. She's been on for a hundred years. You know, okay. I was I lived with that, and we saw the Wonder Woman movie, and it was great. And you know, I think we were all okay with what they had put together, and. You know, you had the death of Steve Trevor. He's like, okay, yeah, I can see that maybe Wonder Woman decided I'm hanging it up after this. I don't need it anymore. Uh, you know, the first time I went out there, while, yes, I saved the world, I had a tremendous loss that I can't bear to imagine. Here, it's like they're manipulating what we saw and what we were told to kind of fit a narrative that doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, well, she, she left, metaphorically, she left the world. She didn't actually leave the world. She was still out there. But she just doesn't have any friends. She doesn't talk to people. And um, no one knows who she is. I mean, this is the kind of thing that I think annoys superhero fans. And I'm not, again, you know, I love continuity. I love canon. I'm not, but as I've said before, we've seen various instances where you break from canon, you break from continuity. Sometimes you make your best content, just like we saw with um, the X Men franchise. Uh, when they completely right. broke canon in any way that made sense, they made. Maybe they're two best X-Men movies. Maybe. I'm not saying it is. We had a long conversation about that last week. But, and I'm talking, when I say X-Men, I mean Team X-Men. I'm not excluding Logan or any solo movies. Like, they made Day of the Future Past and they made First Class, arguably the two best X-Men movies. They completely fractured and broke in half the continuity that they had already established. But it worked. And the creative freedom to do that allowed them to create great art. It didn't make sense, but we were able to rock with it. I just, I kind of, like the way Fox just kind of just said, yo, man, whatever. But they didn't really explain it. It was like, oh, yeah, we, we, 
you know, we're just doing this. <laughs> and it was like, okay, it doesn't make any sense, but I'm rocking with you. I kind of don't like this. This, like, clear trying to, like, oh, we, we're not actually breaking continuity. We're just explaining something a little different. Than, you, you, you interpreted her words differently than what we actually meant, which is just not <laughs> true. So, I don't know. This kind of thing annoys me. Like, I'm going to be honest. I saw this, and I was like, what the hell? Like, why am I paying attention to your movies if you're going to just completely lie to me? Like, just tell me, yo, we're, we're not rocking with anything Zack Snyder was doing before. Which is what you guys have told me already. That's why this is so ridiculous. It's like, the movie 1984 already establishes you're not paying attention to anything Zack Snyder was talking about. Because, again, the it was made clear that this woman did not exist for 100 years to the world. So when you tell me 1984, and I thought when we first heard the movie, I was like, oh, hey, well, maybe she's in a different realm and maybe the, this isn't on Earth. Like, who knows why she's out fighting and we don't know before we saw any trailers or anything. Then you see the trailers and she's just out in the streets. She's just, you know, <laughs> she's, you know, she's in, in museums. She's like, you know, just out here. And it's just like, okay, well, this is clearly doesn't make any sense. It's breaking canon. Maybe this is... Uh, outside of the continuity maybe it's whatever and again i feel like they've told like you know patty jenkins even said things like you know this isn't a direct even sequel to the last wonder woman movie like why are you giving me this like this was ridiculous i'm not blaming bleeding cool they're just get, saying whatever dc's telling them but i don't know this was terrible i had to, I had to speak on it what, what do you do you, am i crazy do you think that i'm being too harsh here um Look, I think the DCEU has had bigger fish to fry, bigger problems. But, yeah, I mean, I I definitely don't think that this is uh, good. You know, I think that this is definitely... If you you were trying to tell me that this this continuity was... It all all made perfect sense. I'd be like, no, it just just, just doesn't. Um, but and I just I think this is just only the latest example of this. I feel like we've we've already we've kind of already established you know there are some weird things about the DCEU. Um, there's certainly some shifts and some things that happened um, that weren't that haven't been explained or weren't explained. And Wonder Woman eighty four kind of really blows up everything because. I mean, I guess is there a way in which you could just say that, yeah, no one remembers that, no one saw that, maybe, but I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, so I, I also see the movie first before I talk specifically on what happens in Wonder Woman 84, but by the looks of it, it looks like, yeah, the whole thing about she's been gone for 100 years looks like nonsense. So um, I tend to agree, but look, it's the DCEU, I, I don't look at it, I, I don't... I don't hold it with the same standard I do the MCU when it comes to timeline management. Um, I look at it much closer to what, like you mentioned, what Fox has with the X-Men. Um, I don't think they have quite the issues that Fox has. Uh, because Fox, it, they it, they tried to orchestrate a full reboot within the continuity. That, that's that's nearly impossible. And they, It's they crazy, tried. which is why they just didn't explain it. But again, I almost respected them for it. Right. Like, I'm almost, all right, well, they, they know this is ridiculous, so they're not even going to try to explain it to us. They're just going to say, yo, man, this is going to be really good. Just watch. Yeah. And my thing is, like, why didn't... I feel like DC was already kind of doing that. Like, they already kind of were working towards that with, like, their initial their initial comments Patty Jenkins was making about this movie. 
because again, as soon as it was it was released, or excuse me, that the title was released, it was just like nineteen eighty four. Wonder Woman is not supposed to be around. They're like, yeah, this not, isn't really a sequel per se. And we all were confused by that when she said that. We're like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. And then now it's like, oh, we're walking it back, and they're trying to somehow make it relevant to Zack Snyder stuff. I I think that there's something there's something involved with the Zack Snyder cut. Like the, the, that'll the, help explain things, or not necessarily explain it, but I just feel like. Snyder being back in the fold is why this is happening. Is right. why I see this article. Like they have a future, at least they feel, with the Zack Snyder character, the Zack Snyder world that he created. They're not. I don't think that they're completely completely done with it. And I think that this is their way to at least try to attach themselves a little bit to it. It's ridiculous. But I think we're gonna see the movie. It's not gonna make any sense. But that, to me, was my biggest takeaway when I read this. Was Well, my biggest takeaway was, this is BS. <laughs> but my second takeaway was, oh, Zach's kind of in the fold still. And they, because he has a fan base, and again, I think they're trying to establish that his world is a world of DC, just not maybe the world that you're going to be watching when you're watching certain movies that, that they're putting out, certain movies that they're developing. They're still working in that world, but just, it's, it's just separate it's a different universe it's a different earth like dc has the it has it's a kind of a blessing and a curse because the, the multiple earths and the multiverse for lack of a better term can it can be a little confusing it can be convoluted but in one sense because you have a multiverse it also allows you to do this kind of thing you know so i i think that that's what's happening is they they want to they don't want to just blow up the zack Snyder world because they realize that there are fans there so they're trying to keep it somewhat intact while trying to feed us this narrative that's ridiculous. That's how right. I feel. Um, before we do the before we do the uh, the show uh, the the recap this weekend, I did want to give you thoughts on a story I saw real quickly. Um, this was a heroic Hollywood exclusive today oh. that um, the Ezra Miller Flash movie won't include the Amazon Atlantean war so so we know we won't have a thomas wayne we'll have michael keaton batman in this movie which again this movie was originally and but by my understanding still called flashpoint but also the aspect that you'll have you know wonder woman leading the amazons and aquaman leading the atlanteans in some great war that creates this dystopian world because of uh barry's actions to create flashpoint won't actually happen is what uh, this article is saying that what wait what did you say <laughs> then when i say that confusing I, okay i'll say this one more time it can try to be more clear so of course the atlantean war with wonder woman leading the amazons well, aquaman leading that's, the, not, that's the not that's not in the movie but that's, that's not in the movie that's what i was saying i don't admit, you know, oh, that's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything that's else to say. Second part, I was like, wait, 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 in what? All right, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's 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 unfortunate. Um, at what point does this? Do you is the name uh, Flashpoint just? Uh, what did I tell you guys, it comes an anchor. Medic. <laughs> it, it's gonna become an anchor. It, you know, it's really and, gonna become an anchor, and it's so unnecessary because this movie could be great. And I think yes. it, I think. I'm leaning towards they have something here. Like they they have some good ideas here. I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. And 
just being married to that name, being married to that concept of a story. It, Especially the most frustrating part about it is you have the two characters, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, that are right now your two biggest characters. So And we heard that they were there were rumors that they, they were, were in negotiations to try to get both of them in this movie. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to say, like, that storyline is so important that, like, you don't even do this movie if you can't get them and if you can't, if you can't get them. But part of me is, like, you don't do this movie if you can't get <laughs> Aquaman and the Flash or Aquaman and Wonder Woman. I mean... Not if you have an Aquaman and a Wonder Woman. Like, we, have like we knew when CW was going to do Flashpoint that they clearly didn't have an Aquaman and a Wonder right. Woman. Right, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to complain, be like, oh, where was Aquaman? Yeah, so like, you knew they were going to have to do... Now, we thought, we hoped they would have been way more ambitious than what they actually did. But we knew, okay, they're going to have to do some things, change some things. So just like how, uh, you know, Crisis on Different Earths, they don't have certain characters that we saw in the comic book. Like, right. you know, it was they had to make things... To change and do things differently, they had to do their own version of Crisis, and that was fine. Right, Civil it, War had to make adjustments to certain. Characters. Right, exactly. There, we didn't have a Spider-Man that was in his thirties that had been established already. We didn't have mutants. We there was a lot of things we didn't have, like, but they were able to. But if there work. were things that they did have, they made sure they had it. Right, and there and there and there were still things they could do to make it work still within right. and, and to keep within the spirit of the movie. And I guess, I guess. The, their argument, if they're they are still moving forward, is will say, well, really, the only thing we got to do is we got to just have Barry go to the past and mess everything up. That's really all that's necessary, right? And you could, there's an argument there. Like I can see someone saying, like, yo, we could just make something else really terrible that happened in this new dystopian world. And that's, that's the and that's deal. what I think is gonna happen. Like I, I don't think, think so think, too. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be an Atlantean, uh, Amazonian war, but. I could see there being something where I mean I think the Superman thing is still possible. Um, I could see something with Shazam being involved, maybe Black Adam being involved. Like I could see them still being creative with the characters that they have, maybe introducing new characters. Um, my question is: we know that there, we know Keaton's going to be involved. Do we think that there are any other DC characters that we've seen in the past that could show up in this movie? No, I don't think so. I mean, strictly exclusive to Keaton. I I won't say I don't know. I won't say that. I think well, we see somebody maybe, like could they get Dan DeVito to do a cameo? I think he would definitely do it. Right, and I'm thinking more so that is possible. But I was thinking even more outside so, of the Batman universe. I think it's a right. lot less likely. Like, I don't want to say like Ryan Reynolds because they're not going to bring him in. But like, could we get somebody from a different? A different hero. A different I still, I still know, who, like, who would that be? You know, could you get Grant Gustin or Stephen Amell, mm. Brandon Ralph? You know, like, I don't know. That's, I don't know who that person is. I don't know. I, I, they try to make this almost like a Spider Verse type of thing, right? You know, do they go with that angle? Because when I hear Michael Keaton, and we're going into a completely different universe, is that the only universe that we're going into? I might. I, I, I mean, I would hope. Like very ambitious here. So yeah, I mean, who knows? I think I don't. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's. I, it, it's funny because I feel like when we first heard about this movie, the idea was that oh, we want to make this movie more grounded. 
And then we heard it was Flashpoint. Huh? Flashpoint and then we were like, what? How is that even possible? And then, and then we heard, okay, well, they're trying to get Gal and Jason Momoa to be in the movie. Like, okay, well, this isn't grounded, but at least, okay, they are working on that template of what Flashpoint is, it seems like. And now that's not happening. I think that, in my opinion, I think that they couldn't get Gal and Jason to do this. That's why I think this is happening. I don't think that this is by choice. That's my opinion. I think that they, the money and whatever they were asking for wasn't going to be enough. Right, and, and that's the problem. If you're doing this movie, you can't penny pinch, man. <laughs> you can't penny pinch. But that's the thing. The problem you is this movie. Dot, this movie shouldn't have been a, a. This shouldn't be a flash. So this should be like Civil War. Like this should be like. Hey. Like this should have been. The approach should have been like this is almost like a Justice League level. They put event. Gal Gadot in Batman v Superman. Why can't you do this in the Flash? I'm not saying the, they put all these guys in Batman v Superman. Yeah, they all were it. <laughs> Momoa, they, they didn't penny pinch. I'm not saying that Momoa and, and Gal Gadot have to be in the entire movie. I'm not saying they have to be major parts. For the most part, I wouldn't want them to be. I'd want them to be a minor part in the movie. Because, but but regardless, that doesn't, be, that doesn't mean they shouldn't show up. I think this is an obvious thing that has to be in the movie. You have two major characters. It sells a movie. And it'd be great. I mean, look, I understand, again, contracts. It's not as easy as Star Wars saying, you know, let's put Darth Vader in this. Would Darth Vader and Rogue One be cool? That's very easy for them because they don't have anybody can play Darth Vader. They can't just have anybody play Aquaman. But if Jason Momoa is really a company guy, if Gal Gadot is really a company woman, then... That leads me to, I think, my last question on this. I think this is a question... Turns out, because I think we both agree that clearly they couldn't get them in the movie is what we both agree on here. Morale is low, man. I don't think that's the case. But what I will say <laughs> is, and I'm I, I'm gonna lean on Gal a little more because I feel like she's spoken more about what Wonder Woman means to her and what being Wonder Woman means to her. Do you think she would have been on board or is on board with? being the one woman that is in Flashpoint. Because I don't know if she would be. I could, I could see, from a, from a creative standpoint, I could see a conversation going where they're like, yeah, you're going to kind of have an affair with Momoa, and you're going to kill Mera, and you're going to start a war. You're going to be a really um, vengeful, very cutthroat queen, and you're going to come off as a villain. I don't, I don't think Gal signed it off for that. I, I get the I get the impression that she doesn't want to come. Up, you know how there are some wrestlers that just don't want to work heel. Right. She, she strikes me as someone who wouldn't want to work heel. Not in that character. I'm not saying she wouldn't want to be a villain in some other movie. I don't think she wants to be putting on the Wonder Woman crest and beheading other women, which is what she does in in the. Yeah. Look, I, I, I don't. And I'm not saying she has to behead somebody, but it was the second right. beheading that's <laughs> you know, what uh, reference I had to the show. But I'm just I, like I don't I don't think that that's something that she may want to do. There are ways you can you can update the story in ways that suit people. Maybe and look maybe there there maybe those discussions were had and maybe you got to, they reached an impasse to a point where they're like you know what we're making so many changes to this it's not even worth it. But I don't know. I mean. Does she have to be evil or darker 
absolutely. He's got to be. There's certainly got to be a darker character. But there are certain things that 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 can be changed. Yeah, I mean, to me, like I think an update could be you could make this more like a Rogers Stark Civil War. Yeah, beat. Like they don't have to be evil. It, you can make it where they, the you know they just yeah, it's, it's disagree it's on a, politics. Yeah, on a political aspect, and they're fighting. You know what I'm saying? Literally, it could be literal, literal politics. You know, like. Yeah doesn't have to be there has to be a villain or they both yeah. you know blood hungry vultures like it's just for whatever reason the two sides are beefing and there's a war you can honestly make up any reason why it doesn't have to be straight from the comics you can update it just like it was updated in in civil war uh in the movie version so i don't know i mean i think i i see your point and i think that that's valid I just, I still lean that this is very much money re- related. Maybe. I mean, look, sometimes maybe the money it would take for me to do that, you don't right. have. Yeah, it's probably maybe one. Yeah, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not saying that I agree. Money is still probably part of it. I'm just saying, I think that for a lesser number, she would have played her normal Diana character and had there been no issue. Or, of course, all this speculation. We're just speculating. We're not saying any of this is, you know, <laughs> what happened. Th- I'm just, you know, but just saying, like, I think that if a conversation was had, and they were like, we want you in this movie, and you're going to play your normal Diana character, I don't imagine why she would say that. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going in a much darker place when you said Gal Gadot doesn't want to be in this movie. You, I thought you were going to say... You thought some of the stuff with, with Whedon and... No, no, not even that. I was gonna, I thought you were going to say, because Ezra Miller's in it. She's the one she's going to associate yeah, with. I don't, I don't, I thought about that, I don't, I don't think so. Because, I, again, I get the impression that this is something that they were working on long before Ezra was involved. We'll, we'll have that issue. Right, we right. We talked about this for a while. Right. Yeah. And I think I get the feeling that this is something that, like, if they're moving forward this movie, I feel like this is a decision that was probably made months ago. We just, we're just hearing about it now. I don't think they decided this yesterday. So I don't think that that's it. I just think that there's a chance. I'm not even saying it's 100%. I think there's a chance that creatively this was not something that interested gal and that's why she decided my, my prediction we are going to get other major dc characters that are people that we know about well, we, not I mean, we've heard that we've heard that ray fisher's cyborg is supposed to be in the movie that's been a rumor that's been out there i which is, I would i'm cool with levi i don't know about rock I don't know if we're getting Black Adam, but I don't think we're gonna get Black. Uh, well, maybe. Does this movie come out before Black Adam or after? I don't believe so. In Black Adam, we already have like a good amount of casting and things. Yeah, like they casted Adam Adam Fisher uh, right last week. Okay, yeah, maybe. So I, you know, I think it's, I think it's possible we get your Cavill even. You know, I think if they're not getting those two, if they're not getting Momoa and Gadot, now or now you can make the case. Look, if they can't. They get scrounge up the money to get Gal Gadot. How how they get in the rock? But um, but who knows? But I think they're they're gonna find a way to replace whatever whatever we couldn't get out of those characters. Uh, I hope so, man. Because if they give us another food stamp flashpoint, look, man, I called it with the I called it with the with the CW. Oh yeah, you were hundred percent. You like I feel a little better about this, but. It's not gonna look. It's still not gonna be what you'd expect from the movie. 
And I think we've all we all see that at this point. I know you're a little more pessimistic at this point than I think I am. I mean, I was very optimistic when I heard about the the Eaton the Keaton news. I was like, okay, this is really creative and interesting. <laughs> yeah. I just was like, man, this is sounding a lot not a lot less like Flashpoint. Maybe they should change the name. Now I'm like, this is really sounding a lot less like Flashpoint. Maybe you should change the name. And the fact that they're kind of letting it flow out there, that this is still supposed to be that movie. I don't know. I don't. I don't like that. Um, let's do our episode recaps, Kendall, before we get out of here. So let's start with Doom Patrol season two, episode six, Space Patrol. Um, I I like this episode. It was to some degree. It, it was a little filler to me. Oh, it's very long, man. I was watching this, and I was like, "Wait, so we're we're forty minutes in, and nothing's happened." Yeah, they, 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 the story didn't move nearly as forward as probably I would have liked. Though we're not too far, we 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 moved. The story has moved far far enough, but I think that this is probably up. So I expected to see kind of more get established, and we don't. So much of it centers around. Um, uh, we have you know obviously uh, Dorothy going into space because you know she's she's now upset with herself with uh, allowing Candlemaker to kill uh, Baby Doll and it's kind of centered around you know the quest to, to go after her and then the, the other even the ancillary stories it's you know the cyborg and um, Ronnie stuff we okay we learn a little more about how she's really been you know cybernetically altered in a way that maybe we didn't initially realize in terms of the the, the lengths they went and how it is connected to Star Labs but we don't get much beyond just knowing that aspect of it we don't really get much uh involved with the negative spirit in um in Larry in his uh reaction to meeting um Moscow from that space team that went out that you know, you know what's the name sent you know decades ago Calder yeah yeah which it, it's funny how like Calder he he's a bad dude I know I know we keep saying that every episode oh yeah by the end of the episode they but, just completely but every he, time you're like yo this is a bad man like even those people it's like he sent these people out to learn more about how to be uh immortal and like he knew he was sending them basically to their deaths like this woman got uh you know connected to the negative spirit and therefore she lived but the other two guys you know they died Nate you know she had that she talked about how they were affected by some plant that now you know makes these two figures as hosts as husks basically but they're not those people actually died like decades ago um i mean he's just kind of ruthless with his like manipulate manipulation to kind of just get what he wants and he does the same thing to robot man here you know Very he, he sends man. cliff out there he says you have to come with me to get my daughter out of there and i'm yeah. assuming a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know he's a robot so he can actually be out there in space and talk to her and get her She'll come off whatever moon or planet she landed on. You told Cliff, "I'm not, I'm not helping you with anything." Yeah, like, um, yeah I'm not so. going to help you. Even though Cliff came came with the finger <laughs> he got yeah. from uh, the last episode, Finger Patrol. Uh, he's, I'm not helping you do anything until you get my daughter back. And then by the end, he he kicks him out the spaceship and he's floating in space. Like it, it's hard to shoot much bail for Calder anymore. Yeah, he's I don't know if he, he's, he's run out. He's he's now he needs to be held without bail. Is it for him? He is a very bad dude, and the more you learn about him, the more it, ugly it gets. And it seems like it's only gonna get worse. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we always talk about how he's reached the Niles Calder from Titan. Yeah. Um, and that's that's that. It's getting to that point where uh, he's almost passing that guy at this point. So, um, yeah. I, I I wonder how much longer he has on the show, Timothy Dalton, because they listed him so far as more of a guest, a guest starring Timothy Dalton. So I'm right. like. Uh, how much longer? Like, is he is he not a series regular? Well, it, like, we know last... he's supposed to be dying, so that's true. Was was he was he? Did it say guest starring Timothy Dalton last last season? Oh, yeah. No, no, he was part of the cast, I believe. Yeah, I'm assuming he was just one of the main cast. He was in every episode, so I'm not sure why it says that this season, unless he's not in every episode. Yeah, either he's gonna die, or I think somehow he's gonna be away from the team. And he'll we won't see him for the rest of the season. And that time is probably coming sooner than we think. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's next episode, but it might be next episode. It could be the episode after that. But yeah, I, I, he's he's becoming, you know, one of my, one of the most hated characters uh, for me in all of uh, in all of these all of these shows that we did. You know, um, I, I, I mean, I, bl- I don't blame you. You know, just in terms of not like Timothy Dalton's doing a bad job; he's doing a great job. But just you look at you're like characters where you're just like, man, I, I screw this guy; man. he's the worst. It's Niles Calder. I mean, he's ruined all these people's lives, all these people that you've grown to like his characters. He's ruined all their lives individually, and he's continued now to do things and be even more brazen in his efforts. Uh, now that he's he's dying, so I don't know. Yeah, screw Niles Calder. That's the that, that's the theme of this episode. But you also no. you also you feel you feel my slight frustration because this this show is so good and so enjoyable that it's hard to say that you know it's like boring. We have a filler episode, but like it, this was a filler to me. Like again, it, it didn't move really enough stories along. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It's it, it like. You know, it it creates probably the next phase of Larry's. In some ways, this episode kind of feels like a kind of transitional period for a lot of people. Like Larry, like okay, the next phase of his kind of character arc. Okay, the family stuff's kind of beside him. Now it's like here, maybe I can become more one with the negative spirit. But does that mean I lose my humanity with that? And I think that's what he juggles with by the end of the season because he realized that Moscow is like not nearly as you know, in touch as a human as maybe normal people are, but she said that she had to perhaps lose a little bit of that in order to get more in touch with the with the uh negative spirit. But he looks at, you know, that doom manner and says, Look man, that's our family and we we gotta remain human in this battle that we, we, we go through. So that that's just maybe so far he's kinda of resisting maybe being one with that uh negative spirit. Though I assume that by them teasing that we'll eventually see uh, you know, We'll see him get to that point. We'll see Matt Bomber without the raps. And even if it's just for an episode or for a cameo where he's one with the negative spirit or maybe even a dream sequence, they'll, they'll have that. It's just it's not going to come here. And then um, and then we get to the idea that now Miranda becomes the primary for uh, Jane. Yes. And that's the other kind of like transition period where we have this funeral and they kind of go over the kind of the they they answer they ask very good questions in this episode I think about like what the underground is like I didn't think of like what Jane was saying when we watched last week I assume oh yeah baby doll another girl they're dead 
But, you know, James like, we don't know anything about this. This whole place is technically fake. It's technically a construct. Like, we don't know if they could actually die. Like, why are we just throwing them into the well where we know for sure if they go down there, we think they die, even though Miranda comes out. Uh, but, you know, what does that mean? Like, it's, they were good questions, but a lot of that, again, was still kind of leading to we know Jane would be replaced eventually, and now we finally got to that point where Miranda becomes the uh, the primary. Do you, do you have a, do you think this will, do you have a take on how long it will be with her in this role? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Jane stuff is always up in the air. Um, to me, it's probably the least interesting thing that's happening. I mean, th- between her, that, and the Rita, the Rita stuff. But Rita, I'm, I'm still willing to, to wait out what's happening with that. But um, I think it is funny that uh, that you know the play is like you know season one of season one finale of Doom Patrol. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's pretty funny. And then you had you know her talking to the young actress. And I kind of feel like that's this play is where we may see Mr. Nobody kind of make his appearance. Because didn't that like conversation with that young actress feel very Mr. Nobody like? That that would be an interesting, you know, because, because like you know he's talking about like you know she wasn't right with every detail, but she did kind of have this kind of overarching truth about the issues with Rita being that she has this pent up thing that she's yet to resolve with her mother and we know that Mr. Nobody like often likes to poke at your own insecurities, your own past experiences your own transgressions and use it against you that felt like very Mr. Nobody when I watched that and I feel like that we've asked, I think you asked actually a couple weeks ago, like when are we going to see him if we are going to see him come back in some way, I think that's going to be the venue where we see him that's just, that's just yeah. my, my take on that. No, yeah, it's definitely an interesting theory. Um, Al Tudor did a great job last year, so I'm not. So I'd certainly be fine with bringing him back. Um, and, and, I, I think, and I think he's still in the fold with like DC. Like I saw, like when I watched the last episode of DC Daily, like I think he did like the intro as Mister Nobody, and that kind of told me something. I was like, okay, you know. You know, some actors, like, they do a role and they just, like, they're done. Like, they're, they don't even associate with, like, the project anymore. But the fact that he was, like, so eager to, like, even go back to do that, like, a little spot for the DC show, told me, okay, he, he's probably still in the mix in some way. <laughs> EJ, have you ever seen the, the you've seen the, the, the meme where it's, like, uh, you know, all my homies hate this guy? I've never seen that meme, but it sounds like a funny meme. You've never seen the meme where it's like it's the dude standing there, like you know, you know, screw this guy or f this guy. It's like blank. Whoever the person you're talking about, and it says all my homies hate this guy. Whoever the guy is. Well, someone did a someone did a variation. I'll send it to you. Someone did a variation of that meme with Niles Calder, but it was it was f Niles Calder. All my homies hate Niles Calder. It's a picture of Robot Man. <laughs> As one of the guys, it's so ridiculous. Um, no, yeah, but this is yeah, this, this is great. I'm watching. Yeah, I see it now. It's funny, right? Um, but yeah, Doom Patrol is doing a uh, doing a good job. Still very Legion esque. The show is very just eerily similar to Legion. Um, wonder if they uh, they I wonder if they have similar people working on the show. But um, and if, even if not, I wonder if they took inspiration from it because there's a lot of a lot of things that that remind me of Legion. Um, but yeah, it's been good. This episode was a little filler, 
but uh, I am excited about things uh, going forward. I am too. Like this again. This episode, this show is so well written. The dialogue is so good. The, the acting is so good. The voice acting is so good. We talk about uh, Bomber and Frazier that like even filler episodes are still enjoyable, you know. And that's that's the that's the, the to me the mark of a of a great show. Like regardless of what they put out there, it's still very entertaining. Um, and I love and again, I just love one of the things about the show is how they like make fun of how absurd it is. Like yeah, again, they two of the largest gags of this episode was making fun of how ridiculous the last season was. You had Vic, you know, talking to Ronnie about going through what he went through last year with the team. And then you have uh you know, again again the the, the play that Rita's in is a play about the season finale of Doom Patrol and how absurd and crazy it is and just like having these regular folk talk about like what that experience meant to them and trying to make that a dramatic experience for the town to experience on stage. It's uh and that's like that's not that's not like a, a new gag. Like we you know, Game of Thrones has done that gag. Uh various shows have done that gag. Um and I mean that's just been part of our history is we, you know, do, you know, productions of real events but we dr- dramatize them all the way back to Julius Caesar with you know Shakespeare so th- this is not new but I think it's smart that they that they they've used these obviously absurd actions and and continue to bring them up to kind of make it remind people almost like how absurd all this stuff is and like imagine like actually talking this out with regular people and how crazy it would sound because every time they do it sounds even crazier than when we watched it it's a uh, because you're so, you know, when you're watching it, you're locked into the story, you're locked into what's going on. Um, so yeah, no, I, I good episode, fun episode. Yeah, I did like to see uh, Dorothy and Cliff get that moment. Could we, we kind of expect because of his relationship with Jane that we maybe have seen this earlier, but this was actually to me the first time I think they really had a true like heart to heart kind of moment, and uh, it does kind of speak to uh, Cliff's continued humanity. And like when we think about how much of like a dirtbag he kind of was as a human when you see these moments with Jane and with like Dorothy you kind of reminded that you know what like even though he was clearly a morally compromised person in many ways he still was a good father and it's a tragic situation that like that his daughter you know she, he was taken away from his daughter for Niles's own selfish means which was again purely to have more research to learn how to be immortal it's uh it's 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 uh again as Kendall said it's why uh, all my homies hate Niles Calder uh let's talk about um Stargirl so this Stargirl episode this was season one episode 10 Brainwave Jr um I like this episode I thought that I thought that the mother's um reaction to finally getting caught up on the situation with Stargirl you know Courtney being Stargirl and the situation with like her thinking her, her thinking her dad is a superhero and that you know this man that she met Pat was actually you know formerly a sidekick or as she said a superhero assistant which I thought was funny again I like when like you you talk through like the absurdities of like superhero content with regular folk and you make it believable how they how they would, how they would, how they would uh, react to it, react to it. And that was, and that was what we saw, we saw with, with those early those scenes. Early so, so I I, 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 I dug that. that. Um, um, 
this was this was a good episode. This this definitely moved the story forward. You had the situation where I think there was a really good swerve. I don't think any one of us truly thought that Brainwave Junior was as the type episode was called, and even though he never got an actual uh, code name because he never made it that far to life to get that code name. Um, I, I think we all kind of expect, okay, he's going to be the kid that goes to the villains. And to kind of see through his own research how he decides, that, oh, man, like, actually, these are the bad guys, and I'm going to join with Courtney and the crew because I think that maybe I could save my dad while also stopping these guys. I thought it was a decent swerve. I thought it worked well, and I thought it did advance Brainwave's character uh, in an effective way. Because I also, you know, didn't know we needed another kid superhero on the team. So the idea that you use this kid to move forward kind of just how evil Brainwave is, which we already knew he was really evil. But when you learn, okay, he killed his own, the mother of his own kids, that's kid, rather. That's a level that's really dark. And then obviously when he kills his own son, you're like, okay, well, this guy is just completely off. And to be honest, I thought it... it made sense because the brainwave that we meet that we meet is so he's so cold hearted, so cutthroat. Like it didn't to me even make sense to me that he would allow Icicle to kill his wife and still like work with him or still like be cool with him. Like that didn't seem like it made sense. You would think that a guy like this would make sure that he would do whatever it took to end Icicle's life as soon as possible. Right. So when they made this word, that oh, actually, I killed my wife. It all kind of came full circle. It all made sense, you know. Um, yeah, I really, I really, I really liked it. I, I, I enjoyed this episode. We're we're getting to the end here, and I think they have enough. A three episode thing should be enough to wrap this up. But um, so far, again, round of applause for uh, what Star Girl has established. I think they've done a good job. I will say that I thought. It did. I was a little surprised at how bad Pat was at like trying to explain away even a little bit of the superhero stuff. You it's, it, you can't. It's always too hard. I, I know it's hard, but like when, he wasn't when, she, when she's when like he's allowing Courtney to keep saying that yo my dad was Starman. Like he that's something that he's continually denied. Yeah, he could have been like that's and not like true. I was waiting for him to say okay, well that part is not true, and like he couldn't do it. And I know like maybe part maybe part of the scene is supposed to be him being like completely losing control of the situation and not really being able to stand up for himself or anybody at that point in time. But I just thought, like, we've seen him make these arguments against Courtney all season. Like, why now when he, you know, when he's facing some pressure, like, he just can't say anything. He's just like, yeah, this is all happening and I'm sorry. And so it's like, really? You, you have tried to stop this girl. You have told her that the staff wasn't for you. You have told her your dad's not star man. Um, like, I don't know. It just seemed a little... Weird. Though I, I did think the mom's reaction again, I thought was appropriate. I think that yeah, the fact that she just like threw him out the house and said we're leaving Blue Valley immediately, all that stuff made sense. And that's what you know to me, common sense storytelling can go a long way to making me believe a lot of the other stuff. And I think Star Girl continues to do that. Yeah, I mean, I think. First of all, this show, we talked about it with Falcon and Winter Soldier and stuff about how shows should be released. Honestly, this show probably should have been released all at once. Um, I mean, it's very good week to week, but it was it, like this episode was so good. I would have finished this. I would have finished the season like 
immediately if it was all out. Like, yeah, I would have finished four, four. I would have done four a four hour binge because the show is very good, and it probably play, it might actually play better as a show that is that is uh, out all at once. Um, play similarly, honestly, to a lot of the shows that you'll see on like Netflix um, that are teen dramas, but. It has it has a lot of lot of different layers to it that are interesting. Um, I think the uh, the the twist with Henry being uh, or Henry Junior being good was it was surprising. Um, I think you see it as the episode's going on and as we get more of his character, you kind of understand that's probably where it was going to go. Um, but it was it was an interesting twist. The thing about Courtney, the well, first of all, the thing about Brainwave's wife being Starman's sister was also interesting. Um, just a lot, a lot of a lot of interesting things about this show, man. They 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 throw in a million different layers. I don't even know what to compare it to. Part of me wants to compare it to almost like the DC animated universe with Bruce Tim or like. Um, I don't know, Young Justice, but like it just it, the fact that they put in all these different layers that some stuff they're not even touching yet, like so many different things. I mean, we still don't know what the deal is with Starman and who was Starman. So we know now that Sam Curtis is still alive. Uh, at the end of the episode, we thought yes. he was dead. yes, but you know, Courtney's mom knows she knows he's still alive, which is interesting. So, that's very fascinating. To me, that lines up with the theory that I think we've mentioned on this show. It's, it's a popular one that look, her dad's just gonna be some 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 flunky or some some dude that was that was uh, that was part of I was a part of some bad stuff. I I don't, I don't want to say he was in jail. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. But and they just left. Um, it's it, very, yeah, there's no way her that this guy is Starman, but there's definitely no, and this kind of confirms it. We know Starman died, um, but yeah, he's definitely gonna probably be some dude that just like was a deadbeat. Yeah, and that's, and to me, that's that's a, you know a, that's a story that has been told and, and should be told. That you know you have these kids that go around and they never really meet their parents or know their parents or know one of their parents, and sometimes people who not being capable of you know, being there for their kids and their families. And this, I think, will be a sad situation of her coming to that realization. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be very sad. And it'll, it's gonna, it'll be interesting. I, I believe in the comics, her dad was a part of the Royal Flush Gang, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I believe he was just like a low level, low level guy in the Royal Flush Gang. Right. So. Will they go with that in this show? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, know, can, I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that in the show. We we got the Royal Flush Gang on some level in Arrow, and it was it was it was all right. Um, but we've seen them more prominently in things like Batman Beyond, uh, where they do a really good job with the Royal Flush Gang. So, um, and they would be perfect for this type of show. So. Yeah, no, I thought I, I thought I thought this is this is a good episode. I think they were a little too gung ho, and I think they've been a little too gung ho 
about just like going into the villain's lair. Yeah, like at a certain point, there needs to be. I think maybe this was the, the episode that's supposed to show, hey, there are consequences to like these people being so reckless. But right. I, I don't know if they've still really felt the pain of like right. their reckless actions. Yeah, this I, I'm assuming the Henry thing probably is supposed to be that, but like to me, I don't think it's look maybe because they're they're literal superheroes with superpowers, some of them I guess, but like to me, I don't get why like I don't get why they're so confident. Like, I was scared for them. I was like, yo, man, they're about to go in there. You don't know what you're going to see. Are <laughs> you going up against literal supervillains? You're just like, yeah, you know, I got these goggles, so I'm fine. I would be like, yo, man, how am I going to protect myself? I can't fight. Like, I mean, I guess Courtney, whatever, she's good with the staff. And I guess, uh, you know, Tyler, you know, uh, whatever his name is, Rex, Rick Rick Tyler, whatever his name is, is, is uh feels good because he's, he's going to be super strong for an hour, but some of them, like, don't have really that much in terms of power. Yeah. Like, so just walking in there? So, I don't know. That, to me, like, that, I, I was worried for them. I was like, yo, man, I don't know if they're making it out. Yeah, every time Beth is in there, I'm like, yo, Beth is, like, just a sitting duck because she just only has goggles. Yeah. Like, it's not like those goggles scary. do anything. Yeah. But yeah. It's like walking in there with a dictionary. It doesn't help you. <laughs> walking in there with, with Google. Like what? So yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I thought they were a little, a little too gung ho about yeah, let's I, just go there. Yeah, and I, I, and I think that you know, and, they, and to be fair, like they had these scenes where like they kind of gotten their their heads handed to them in some ways, like you know when they fought uh, Tigress and um, Sportsmaster, when they fought, um, you know, I guess you can some way high school's got that guy who got that little kid killed. But I, and then when, of course when Star Girl got you know uh, fought you know Dragon King's daughter, but I just, I just and then you have this scene. So they they taken their bumps, but like the way you know, uh, Pat has explained, yo man, in Justice Society is like they're the the worst of the worst, and and they are killers, and they killed the Justice Society of America. Like to me, like when you. When you prop them up, you put them over like that. Like to me, like you, they should just like these kids should just be dead. Like as soon as they step foot in that lair, right? Theoretically, right. So like, I don't know if maybe like if in hindsight they should have maybe done a little bit of a better job to kind of like not like not put them over as much as they did in terms of just like how Pat talked about them. But like when I see like Star Girl like sparring with Dragon Cam, like she should be dead like now. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm definitely now moving more. Onto the thing of I think Icicle is the is the, the main. Guy. I was gonna say that yeah I think you were right. My theory I think about Dragon King I think is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about that when I watched the episode today. I was like, yeah, he's still kind of acting like a minion. Like, this would have been an episode. <laughs> this would this would have been an episode to explain. Nah, he's actually the bad dude. But yeah, we see him with his mask off. It ain't that crazy. He's fighting, you know, Courtney to a standstill. It ain't that. Crazy. I, I think the only reason. They were kind of. He's the only reason he's like lurking in the shadows like that because he's the only one that like doesn't can't really have an identity, you know. Like so, yeah. he's got to be in the shadows in that really spooky lair. Like he can't, can't just can't just be walking around like like Jordan can, you know. Yeah. But but yeah, no. But the stuff with the the stuff with Courtney and Pat and the mom, it all all that stuff was really good. Um, family stuff was really good. Stuff with Brainwave was really good. 
Um, I'm very excited for these next these last three episodes. Don't, I mean, next week could be a finale. And I'd be excited. Yeah. Well, Jeff Johns is uh he is wrote yeah he wrote this next episode. All right. And then uh, episodes twelve and thirteen are he wrote episode thirteen, but they are they are two parter. Wow. Even though they're not they're coming out in different weeks, but. Uh, next episode is Shining Knight, so we finally uh, Shining Knight will finally make his appearance probably in this episode. I mean, he's made his appearance. But yeah. Now he'll actually be maybe Shining Knight in this next Wonder- episode. Yeah. And John's is writing that, so that's that's you know good news I think. And then um, twelve and thirteen, uh, he's writing the the finale. So, and I, that's going to be that's the one thing that we didn't mention that was the Shining Knight aspect to this. That's kind of the one thing that still hasn't been. That wasn't touched in this episode. That still is kind of holding over, hanging over the season. They've kind of closed up a lot of the threads that they created. Um, they created a new one now with what with the deal. What's the deal with Sam Curtis? But um, did they ever explain why Brainwave killed the mom? Well, he did, didn't. He say he sister. said it. Like, didn't he say like, yo, like. I just, I knew that this was never going to work, basically. Like, my life of villainy, her inability to see what we were doing. Right. But that's basically seemed to be what he said. Right. Which, again, this is a man who talks about how much he hates humanity. So this it, it's, it's, right. it's consistent with his character, that he would yeah. think that way. He knew everything that was in her thoughts, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he was like, this has got to end. I mean, he's a he's a psychopath, he's a sociopath. So yeah, all that matches up. So yeah, no, this was man again. Star Girl is doing his thing. This is a, a a great show. If we're putting it in the Berlanti shows, I, you know, in terms of like the stuff that he does right now. What was that? It's it's at the it's at the it's the top. top. Yeah, it's the best it's show. The yeah, we're talking about the the non, you know. The non PG show, the the PG shows, you know, or PG thirteen, whatever shows. Like to me, this is by far the best right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think it's close. It's not close right now. Yeah, I mean, like if, if you're a you're a CW person that's just watching the CW and you're watching Star Girl and then you're watching Batwoman, how can you tell me that yeah. that is better? Yeah, I agree. Even if you're watching Supergirl or you're watching The Flash, how do you tell me any of those are better? I, you just can't. You know, and it's it's now Flash season one and Flash season two are on par with Star Girl. Yeah, but you know, Arrow season one and two maybe. Right. You know, like yeah, now we're having a conversation. Well, Arrow but, season two, I would say not one, but Arrow season two. Fair enough. With uh, Deathstroke. Yeah. But yeah, after that, yeah, there's no other. Conversation. Yeah, so, man, they're doing. Jeff John's doing his. He's doing his thing. Berlanti's doing. Yeah. They're doing their thing on this. It's making me very excited for Green Lantern. Putting high expectations now on Green Lantern. That's true. Mad Ghost gonna be involved with that as well. So uh, that should be fun. Yes, it will be. Let's uh, let's wrap the show. Kind of talking about Agents of Shield. We got here season seven, episode eight. After before this episode is. It, it, in some ways, it, it starts as kind of bridging the gap between the time that Deacon and uh, Mac were 
away in terms of what the team was doing, what they were working on, and what exactly the problem was with the Zephyr and the time drive. Um, while then also taking Yo-Yo and May on a mission to figure out how to fix her problem because they realized her problems, her, her abilities, if they work correctly, could help solve the problems they're having with the Ze- uh, Zephyr. This was probably my least favorite episode of the season, Kendall. Um, really? Yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna say that this was terrible, but I think this was the one I kind of was most uninterested in in terms of just like me, like my interest level, sitting through the whole episode. I think a lot of this stemmed from they went back to a time they went back to the you know to the afterlife, and they went to see you know Daisy's mom, Jaiin, Jaiin, uh, cool cameo. But I just, yeah, you know what's funny? Like I that was so long ago. Like I like totally forgot what she looked like. So when they said Jaying, I was like, "Yo, Jaying, I remember her." But what does she look like again? Who is she? Yeah, part of me was like, "Yo, are they gonna get the same actress?" Like I kind of was, I kind of <laughs> was unsure. Right. If they would have had a different actress, I probably would have blinked. I would have yeah. been like, "Oh yeah, I guess I just don't remember this." <laughs> but when she showed up, I was like, "Yo, I remember her. This is crazy." Yeah, so they so they, they meet up with Jia Ying, and I guess I guess the reason why the, this this episode didn't do it for me was because so much of Yo Yo's issues were like a red herring in regards to like it being connected to her inhuman physiology. So her so them just being in the afterlife wasn't interesting enough for me to care about that aspect of it, especially when they didn't put. Jiaying in front of any people that would actually create a certain level of of an interesting interaction, like they 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 sideline Daisy, which I don't really I didn't quite understand why you wouldn't want Daisy to be part of this journey, you know, the the mother she met her mother at a time when her mother was most ruthless, most uh, protective, um, and most manipulative. And this would have been an interesting way to see what her mother was like before she got cut up by Whitehall. Like, we didn't get that. We never got that. And we didn't really get any of the people that, like, maybe had closer interactions with her um, from that season, whatever season it was, probably season three, probably, I would say, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So this this kind of... I did like seeing the guy with no eyes uh, young. I think that that was kind of cool. And kind of seeing how, like, you know, John Yin kind of had to, like, talk him through more of, like, like what he should do. Like, before, you know, he was very, like, sure of himself, his powers, and where to go. Now she kind of had to, like, he's, like, asking, well, where should I go? What should I do? And I think seeing that character, like, in that stage of his life, I thought was cool. But I don't know. Like, you got the random guy with the knives. I don't know who that guy was. He never was a part of <laughs> the show from our yeah, end. Gordon. No, Lee was his name. Yeah. And like, what is that? Gordon. We did get Gordon. Yeah. The dude with no eyes. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, Gordon. Yeah, the guy with the eye, no eyes. That's what I was saying before. Thank you for his yeah. name. I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> Gordon was cool. I like seeing him in that in that young stage of his life, being a little more unsure, having Jia Ying kind of lead him through. Was well, that things. the same actor that? Because I feel like we had a a flashback of him before. Yeah, we had a flashback. It might have been the same guy that, but I don't know. I mean, he, he's probably the easiest person to like pick someone else to do. 
Yeah, parents. I wouldn't know. No one would notice. But and they it, did do a flashback with him before, and I, I he did look like the kid that played him before. Similar, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this episode, uh, yeah, because it was about afterlife and Inhumans, and so much of what was going on had nothing to do with afterlife or Inhumans, just felt like take putting this episode in a setting that you're familiar with without really doing anything with it. Um, they did introduce the idea of Yo-Yo, excuse me, not Yo-Yo, uh, Daisy having a sister, and that sister being this very powerful human that can't control her powers, that now is working with Nathaniel Malik. Yeah. Malik. So, okay, that's going to be you know an interesting tango moving forward. And I do think that eventually we'll get Daisy plus uh, um, the, the new girl and um, and Yang at some point. We'll see that interaction happen. But I, I don't know. A lot of this, I wasn't that crazy about. It. I thought it was kind of like hokey to be like, oh, the only person that could possibly fix this is the person that's powers is messed up. <laughs> I don't know. It, the whole inner demons thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was okay with like there being a mental block. Because you kind of forget how traumatic Yo-Yo's story has been up to this point. So I was actually cool with that aspect of it. I wasn't cool with, oh, I wasn't cool with, okay, we got no answers. I wasn't cool with this whole, you know, trip to afterlife was kind of a waste. And then I wasn't cool with, oh, the only thing I had to do was just not run back. That just didn't make sense to me. It just seemed, it was, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. is usually really smart and they really think things through. And I don't think they take a lot of shortcuts. I thought they took a lot of shortcuts and this was, like, very hokey. I, like, for a season that's so short, I was surprised that this is what they, they they wasted an episode on this. That's my honest opinion on it. Yeah. Um it seems like the trend the way this season has gone recently is that they're doing these double up episodes where they focus on two characters kinda of going on a different journey. Yes. Um and I think at some point we're gonna get a Fit Simmons episode. Which obviously I think we all expect it regardless, but I think that'll be part of the part of the thing. Will be you know we had the Mac and D, we had and that that will probably be the best episode of the season when we get it. Yeah, all right, yeah, it's the most natural, it's the most natural pairing. Um, I would be surprised if one of the one of the subsequent episodes, maybe the next episode, will be focused on Daisy and Colson. You know, those two characters we haven't seen. Um, it looks like from the preview that's what it's gonna be. Yeah, so. So yeah, I mean, I think that that's an interesting way of doing this season. Um, it allows us to see some pairings that maybe we hadn't seen. I mean, May and Yo-Yo is a little unique. Mac and Deke certainly unique. So, um, and I think there was some good stuff in the, in this episode. Uh, to me, like this is you can't do an Agents of Shield throwback season essentially without doing this without referencing the whole inhuman afterlife aspect um that that was kind of what the main part of the show um so i it makes sense and i agree there were some things where i'm like all right you bring just this random dude lee like you said who is this guy you bring you have gordon he's kind of in and out i checked it it seemed like it was a different kid it seemed like this was the first time you played him but just looks very similar. Probably gave him the same haircut <laughs> to make him look similar. But 
Um, you have Jaying, um, who I, I thought did a fine job. Um, I wasn't super, super engaged with the actual issue of, like, getting uh, Yo-Yo speed back. Um, and is it just me, or does it feel like their purpose for being there... I mean, I guess them going there helped them figure out that she wasn't... That it wasn't a physical problem. It was mental. But they didn't really do anything there. Or it's funny, because it kind of was the gag in the episode. Like, like right. May's kind of like, you know, Yoli's like, okay, you're poking me with needles. What is this going to do? And May's yeah. like, this is very uncomfortable, me touching her. And also, why why am I doing this? Like, isn't this your job? Those were all right. good questions. <laughs> like, yeah. And the part of me was kind of like waiting for there to be maybe some sinister side plan that was going into effect. Like, maybe hell, we're holding them. And I know, you know... They both kind of said, okay, we're not going to let these people leave. And we never really got to that conflict because Malik showed up. But, like, I think that we kind of needed to see, like, the underhandedness of whatever was going on that we never got. So it all felt wasted. Yeah, Because we know that Jia Ling, you know, again, this is uh, earlier Jia Ying. But we know that she's, again, she's not afraid to work in shady ways to protect her people in her words so yeah the fact that we never got that i don't i don't know it just seems just this felt like a plot to, like a lot of this like they felt i felt like afterlife felt like a plot device to get us to uh cora working with malik and how does how does malik know all this how did he even know um, about her sybil that's what he said Sybil is telling him all these answers. Another aspect oh, of the season that does feel a little bit like like a catch-all. Like, okay, Sybil just knows. That's why you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I, I don't, I'll be honest. I, I've liked this season. I think I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they got some planning to do. They got some work to do, I think, to wrap this season up. I know when I, last week, a couple weeks ago, we talked about it. I know you guys said you were confident they would do it effectively. I'm having some doubts now. I'm not saying they won't. But, you know, this Malik stuff is getting a little... A little convoluted. A little convoluted. We still haven't seen Fitz. Um, again, this episode to me felt like a waste. I don't... I, I, and we're running out of time. It's the real... It's the truth about it, you know? And, you know, again, Agent of Shield is a way to be enjoyable with through his acting, through his writing... Um, do his dialogue that even in these kind of episodes you're still entertained but in terms of effectively putting a season together I think that they're under the gun if this was 20 episodes I wouldn't be nervous 13 and this is episode what 8 yeah uh, I'm a little nervous now this is the second half of the season and we, we had a whole episode in Afterlife that didn't really seem to lead to anything I'm assuming the, the ramifications would be a Malik led Afterlife with the humans at his beaconing is probably not good. But, I mean, I don't know. It just seems kind of mustache twirly. Not doesn't seem that inspired. They got some work to do. We keep it a buck. If people will listen to this show, y'all know I love this show. So I'm not um, someone who comes out ready to bash Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all. And I, I, I can, again, I enjoyed this episode because I enjoy these characters. I enjoy the storylines behind them, but I'm just getting nervous. This is the final season of this series. And they, they 
they build it as a series finale, you know, you know, a, a, a true cap to this whole show. Yeah. We're now closing on four episodes. Like we got it. Next episode is a Groundhog Day episode. I mean, we really start to get got to get some answers about what what's going on, you know. And, and I think I'm, again, the, I mean, the Chronicoms and like you know they're plan in this is kind of just we don't even know i mean sybil and the chronicles had really no factor in this episode only thing we know is that again that they're pulling the strings of malik and we don't really know why right like why him why do they think he will be effective yeah i i don't know i mean is it so what happened to his dad is his dad still around no wasn't him killed him yeah, they killed uh, me. Uh, a Deke. I call him Deke. Deke killed him. Right, right, right. Yeah, Deke killed Freddy. And I, I don't know. I, the whole Malik thing. I, I, I was a little shaky when I saw it. The whole motivation is just. Yeah, I saw Daisy and I was like, whoa! I want that power. It was a little weird. I thought it'd be something a little deeper. He was also dressed like every kid that went to like an insane clown posse concert in the 90s what was that yeah. costume he was wearing yeah it was very odd that was that was terrible costume design i'm just gonna keep it 100 he looked terrible it didn't match the time he was in didn't match it just it just was weird he was wearing a long dark trench coat fingerless cloth gloves it, it was just it it was weird it was it was weird there were this was not the best again. This was my, my least favorite episode of Agents. There was a lot of stuff to pull holes at to me, and they they got to get together again. But wasn't wasn't the the afterlife season also like one of the weakest in general? Yeah, that's true too. I think afterlife, besides season one, you would probably say this is afterlife was the second worst. So that 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 also may not be a coincidence. And that's the thing, like, you know, when you do time travel and you decide to go back to, like, certain aspects that weren't necessarily the greatest, like, you got to make sure if you're going back, man, it's got to be solid. Um, it's kind of why, you know, when, you know, Endgame decided to go back to Thor The Dark World, like, a lot of us kind of, like, rolled our eyes and were like, okay, is this going to make sense? Is this going to work? And and it did. They, they they went back and they 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 gave us some strong character development for Thor that worked with that movie. I mean, okay, I guess they got some strong... I guess my thing is, okay, they took... Like, if you're trying to make the Thor to Yo-Yo comparison. Because there, there, there is a link there. I think the, where they failed and where Endgame succeeded is... They actually used the the setting and the characters of um, that movie, Dark World, to enhance Thor's character art. I don't think they did that with Yo-Yo. I think Yo-Yo could have came to this conclusion anywhere. Like, nothing that happened there helped her come to this conclusion of why her powers were gone. Like, that whole... All that stuff she did with May, that could have happened at any point. Like, they could have they could have written any reason why May and her were connected and why they were working together to get her powers back. They just wrote this. And... It was not the most fond memory of this show... Yeah, Johnny wasn't the most 
the, the best character that they've written in terms of villains. Like, you know, it, so 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 there you have it. You know, it was uh, I think some of that was a little lackluster in my opinion. But I think uh, we've gone long here, Ken. I think that's going to be it for this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Of course, you can catch all of our podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. We have new content on there. Uh, if you're into baseball, brand new interview with Fox Sports 1's Rob Parker about the start of the baseball season, which is just a couple of days away. So make sure you check that out. New Generation Media on YouTube. Also, check us out on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and Facebook, New Generation Media. I'm on social media, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening in. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.